Hello and welcome to Garblag Games. Tonight, most of our Warhammer Fantasy role-playing players are sick, so we are doing a special impromptu Pathfinder 2nd Edition one-shot. We hope you enjoy it. I'm Pete the Games Master. Uh, and I'm Leon. And I'm Dan. Okay, so welcome to our Pathfinder one-shot. This is a bit of an impromptu session. Very Thank you guys for being <laughs> guinea pigs, our least experienced Dungeons and Dragons players in the, in the crew. I'm going to try out Pathfinder Second Edition, which is a great idea. Uh, so, this I know book... what a goblin is. Come on. Yeah. yeah. True. True. So this book, this lovely, uh, big, thick, chunky book, arrived today. <laughs> So I haven't even read it yet. So this is going to be great fun. Hey! Don't, don't tell them! So you don't know what you're doing either. Great. I know what I'm doing. I've watched several videos online. And uh, yes, so this is going to be fun. No, no, in all seriousness. I've played a lot of Pathfinder. And I've heard and seen what the changes are to this system. And we're just going to step through character creation first for you two. And then we may break uh, and have uh, a second part which will be a short adventure, which we'll just try out some of the rules and, you know, the flavour of the characters. <clears throat> and what we have to do first for your characters is we have to generate your attributes, right. your ability scores. <clears throat> and there are various ways we can do that. So let me just... I have to say, before we sorry, before we start, this book is lovely. The artwork in yeah. here is fantastic. It is beautiful. It has got very high quality uh, paper, a little sort of treated paper, mm. and uh, I've had a f have had a good look through, and it's a very well put together book. So, Paizo, well done. I'm looking forward to playing this. This this looks really cool. <clears throat> so, step one is create a concept, but we're going to kind of skip over that because we're doing an impromptu one shot. <laughs> I think the concept will come as we as we create the characters. Uh, step two, start building your ability scores. You need to start building your ability scores. Your character's ability scores each start at 10. And as you select your ancestry, background and class, you'll apply ability boosts, which increase the score by two, and ability flaws, which decrease a score by two. Okay. So probably good to just pencil in somewhere, uh, or maybe on some, on some rough paper. Let me give you some paper, if you want it. That's a good idea. <clears throat> Sorry for the tearing noise briefly. I already started writing on my own. One for you. Thank you. So, all your ability scores start at 10. And the choices you make will inform and change those attributes. <clears throat> uh, at this point, just note a 10 next to each ability score, blah, blah, blah. Bit of rough paper. Yeah. Uh, step three, select an ancestry. Now, ancestry, this is instead of race or species. Your ancestry is... Uh, where you come from, uh, and what kind of creature you are. So, the ancestries are, and we're just going to go through this straight through. So we're just going to plough through character creation, <laughs> hopefully to have enough time to do a short adventure. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, the ancestries are, and I'll, I'll read them off for you. Dwarf. You guys know what a dwarf is, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. Dwarf. Elf. Good on elves. Yeah. Yep. Good. Uh, we've Santa in winter. Got him. Yep. Gnome. <laughs> Short, Fish, tinkery. Fish in the garden. Fishing in the garden, trousers down with a fishing rod. <laughs> uh, goblin. No <laughs> goblins are. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Love me some goblins. Goblins. Uh, halflings. 
which, as Leon commented before recording, very interesting. Would they call themselves halflings? And humans. Now, <laughs> what? What is this? What is this you speak of? It's a human. It's like a Bigfoot, but it's hairy. Oh, I'm with you now. Now, at this point, you might you might be saying it's like a small giant. Um, at this point, you might be saying, where are half elves and half orcs? Or you may where, are they? where are they? Where, where are, they? are they? Good question, Leon. Where are the half dwarfs? They're part of the human <laughs> What's a half ancestry. <laughs> They're part of the human ancestry. A small one? Humans. A three, a three quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a gnome. <laughs> so, these will uh, dictate your starting hit points, your character's movement speed. They'll give you some boosts, so two points onto a couple of stats. And they'll give you a floor, so two points away from a stat, some languages, then some traits, uh, and some other abilities. <clears throat> and then what what's quite interesting in this uh, version is that as you level up as a character, and this doesn't normally happen in D&D or Original Pathfinder, your ancestry unlocks more things as you level up. Oh, cool. To become a more experienced elf, you'll gain elven weapon familiarity and things like that. Um, and you get you get one of these feats at first level, which you are. Um, so we will be able to pick those as well, and that'll start to give you an idea of what you might want to go into uh, as your character. Cool. So, do either of you have an idea? I want to be a goblin. Want to be a goblin? Okay. Goblin. White goblin on your sheet. Dan, what would you like to be? I'm going to be an elf. You're going to be an elf. Everyone hates <laughs> elves. <laughs> an elf called Roger. <laughs> Roger. Roger. <clears throat> okay, so we'll start with Leon. Leon, you're a goblin. Yes. Uh, goblins have a reputation as simple creatures who love songs, fire, and eating disgusting things, and who hate reading dogs and horses. And there are a great many for whom this description fits perfectly. However, great changes have come to goblin kind. And more and more, goblins resist conformity to these stereotypes. So you're one of these goblins who's going out into the world. Fight the machine. Fight the machine <laughs> and explore. You might strive to prove that you have a place among other civilised people. You might fight tooth and nail, sometimes literally, to protect yourself and your friends from danger. And you might lighten the heavy emotional burdens of others with antics and pranks. <laughs> one of the things I like about this is the way the um, ancestries are, are detailed. And maybe I'll put some still images over the top. Is that you have, for each you have, you might, and that gives you a suggestion of how you might play your character. Others probably, and this is how other people look at you, work to ensure you don't accidentally set too many things on fire. Uh, They probably won't, will assume you can't or won't read. Uh, And they they will probably wonder how you survive, given your ancestry's typical gastronomic choices, reckless behaviour and love of fire. (laughs) So that gives, it's really cool, just a few simple statements there for your ancestry to give you a nice flavour. A little bit of uh, whimsy and comedy there. A bit about physical description. I think we all know what... Goblin. goblin? (laughs) Short goblin. Now you often have... You often bear scars, boils, and rashes. They average about three feet tall. Most are bald, with little or no body hair. Yeah, yeah, that is a big boy. Three foot tall rash. You're gonna make that fizzy drink come out of Dan's nose. As a goblin, you get six hit points. Cool. You might want to note this on your rough piece of paper to begin with. Hit point six. You get a boost, so a plus two to dexterity. Yep. Charisma. And one of your own choice. Ooh. But you get a flaw, so a minus two to wisdom. Okay, so minus two to wisdom. Okay, so you can balance it out. 
You but, could do uh, if you wanted to, or you could pump up something else. Oh, my intelligence. Plus two to my intelligence. Okay. I'm a smart, charismatic <laughs> goblin. So, you get languages common and goblin, and then you will get additional language e- languages equal to your intelligence modifier. But we'll sort that out at the end, because we don't know what your intelligence modifier is yet. Okay. You get the traits goblin and humanoid, and you get dark vision. Yep. Cool. So... Goblin heritages. So there are uh, goblins, especially those of different tribes, have all sorts of physiological differences, which they often discover only through hazardous experiments. Choose one of the following goblin heritages at first level. <clears throat> Charhide goblin. Fire goblin. <laughs> you, you, allow, you have resistance to fire. Um, <clears throat> Iron gut goblin. You can subsist on food that most folks would consider spoiled. You can keep yourself fed with poor meals. Uh, you get a plus two circumstance bonus to saving throws against afflictions, against the sickened condition, and to remove the sickened condition. So you're kind of good at eating things that you shouldn't. The razor-tooth goblin. Your family's teeth are formidable weapons. You gain a jaws, unarmed attack that deals 1d6 piercing damage. Not bad. If you were, say, a monk. <laughs> uh, snow goblin. You are acclimated to living in frigid lands and have skin ranging from sky blue to navy in colour, as well as blue fur. You gain cold resistance equal to half your level. So in this, so in D&D, if you had resistance, that would just half damage, because mm-hmm. 5th edition D&D is kind of simplified. Like, yeah. it's either half, nothing, or all. Whereas in this, you get a value, and that takes away from the damage, I believe. We will check that as we go. <laughs> <clears throat> and the last one is Unbreakable Goblin. You're able to bounce back from injuries easily due to an exceptionally thick skull, cartilaginous bones, or some other mixed blessing. You gain 10 hit points from your ancestry instead of 6. When you fall, reduce the falling damage you take as though you had fallen half the distance. That's cool, but I'm going to go with Charhide Goblin. You're going to go with Charhide Goblin. Okay. Your ancestors have always had a connection to fire and a thicker skin, which allows you to resist burning. You gain fire resistance equal to half your level. So, minimum of 1. So you've got fire resistance 1. You can also recover from being on fire more easily. Your flat check to remove persistent fire damage is 10 instead of 15. We'll worry about that later. Or reduced by 5 if another creature uses a particularly appropriate action to help. Okay. So if you, if they get any DC 5, you're just making a very simple roll. And the DC is you roll a a 20-sided dice, and you add your stat, and you add your proficiency. Your proficiency bonus goes up as you level up, so it's equal to your level and how you're trained in any one thing. And on your character sheet, you'll see that there are f- in the, there are four little boxes here, T-E-M-L, mm-hmm. and that represents trained, expert, master, legendary. Mm-hmm. So in D&D, you're either skilled in something or not, whereas in, in this, there are four gradations. Mm-hmm. And basically what that means is if you're, each of those represents two points. So if you're trained, your proficiency is two plus your level. If you're an expert is four plus your level. If you're a master, it's six plus your level. And if you're legendary, it's eight plus your level. Right. So you get, you get better. And that is up on the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In very small font on the top oh, yeah. left of the character sheet. That is up there as well. <clears throat> so in this, your proficiency goes up as you get more skilled and as you go up levels. So if you become a master and you're level 20, you get plus 28 to your roll straight away without any stat or anything. So DCs in this... It's a much more heroic fantasy game than D&D even is, because there's big numbers, lots of hit points, silly armor class, 
everyone's flying around whacking things with shining swords and everything, and it's going to be cool. <laughs> so, um, right, Charhide Goblin. Right, uh, we have one other thing to do, I believe, which is a feat. So at first level, you get an ancestry feat. <clears throat> and there are a few to choose from. Should we random roll? Let me figure out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'll just tell you what they are first, in case any of them really appeal to you. Okay. Burn it. City scavenger. Goblin lore. Goblin scuttle. Goblin song. Goblin weapon familiarity. Junk tinker. Rough rider. Or very sneaky. Oh, what's a junk tinker? Junk tinker. You can make useful tools out of even twisted or rusted scraps. When using the craft skill to craft, you can make level zero items including weapons but not armour, out of junk. I want to be a junk tinker. <laughs> okay, this reduces the price to one quarter the usual amount but always results in a shoddy item. <laughs> shoddy items normally give a penalty, but you don't take this penalty when using shoddy items you made. <laughs> so you can like use scrap to make little daggers and weapons and other bits and bobs, yeah. but not armour. Uh, you can also incorporate junk to save money while you craft an item. This grants you a discount on the item as if you had spent one additional day. So that's for more of a long-term yeah. kind of game. But you can, like, get crap, put it together, and make yourself a little... You're basically little a weapon. goblin MacGyver. <laughs> Effectively, yes. <laughs> Don't thank me, thank the moon's gravitational pull. <laughs> so that's actually on The Simpsons. What, what, what would Burn It have been? Burn It is, fire fascinates you. Yeah. Your spells and alchemical items that deal fire damage gain a status bonus to damage equal to half the spell's level or one quarter the item's level. You also gain plus one status bonus to any persistent fire damage you deal. Let's do burn it for the one shot. <sighs> okay. My, if we play this again long term, then I want to be a junk ticket. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, the thing is, as you level up, you can get more of these goblin feats. Oh, okay, cool. So if you got to level four, you could get another feat. Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry, at fifth. Sorry, every four levels after that. So at fifth, but there's... A fifth level one, which is okay, but you could then get Junk Tinker if you wanted to. Okay, so we've done Goblin. Okay, so that's your Goblin bit done. Cool. So we're going to do Elf now. Right, Dan, you're an Elf. Let's go. Roger, put your fingers in your ears at this point, because we know you don't like this bit. Elves combine otherworldly grace, sharp intellect, and mysterious charm in a way that is practically magnetic to members of other ancestries. Ooh. Oh, hello. Just like you, Dan. They are often... <laughs> Voraciously intellectual, through their studies, delve into a level of detail that most shorter-lived peoples find excessive or inefficient. Valuing kindness and beauty, elves ever strive to improve their manners, appearance, and culture. So you might carefully cur curate your relationships with people with shorter lifespans, either keeping a careful emotional distance or reining yourself, resigning yourself to outliving them. You might... Adopt specialised or obscure interests simply for the sake of mastering them. Uh, you might have features such as eye colour, skin tone, hair or mannerisms that reflect the environment in which you live. Others probably focus on your appearance, either admiring your grace or treating you as if you're physically fragile. Uh, they probably assume you practice archery, cast spells, fight demons and have perfected one or more fine arts. And they probably worry that you privately look down on them or feel like you're condescending and aloof. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure, Dan, you'll be good at rock. <laughs> <laughs> what? So we know what elves are, don't we? These are, um, they're kind of Tolkien, Tolkien yeah. elves. Yeah. Elf, okay, elf. so as an elf, you begin with six hit points. 
Your speed is 30. Did I tell you your speed? No. 25, okay. Goblin, sorry. So you're three foot tall. Your size, I think you're still size medium. Cool. As an elf, your, dexter- your ability boosts. You get plus two to dexterity and plus two to intelligence. Your floor is constitution, so minus two constitution. And you get a free boost, so you get another one that you can put up by plus two. And considering you're probably going to be a champion... <clears throat> I've actually changed my mind. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Normally, yeah. yeah normally I'm, I'm very combat heavy. Well, I'm, I'm still going to be okay. combat heavy. Uh, Up to you. What do you want to go for? I might go for wisdom. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. So you get languages common and elven, and additional ones based on your intelligence yeah. modifier, which we'll figure out at the end. You get the traits elf and humanoid, because some things will affect an elf, <coughs> and and some things will affect humanoids. <laughs> and you get low light vision. So you can see in dim light. I can see further than you. Whereas you've got dark vision. So you can see in complete darkness. What do your elven eyes see? Not as much as the goblin eyes see. <laughs> okay. Um, elven heritages. Heritage. 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 I do believe. You're an elf. <laughs> um, Arctic elf. Oh. You dwell deep in the frozen north and have gained incredible resilience against cold environments. You probably, in my world, which we'll discuss in a little bit, which I'll just flash up on the screen. Bop, the world mountain. You may come from Harlig or the Sky Islands of Yaneth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Just very briefly, don't worry. Uh, uh, cavern elf. You were born or spent many years in underground tunnels or caverns where light is scarce. Seer elf. You have an inborn ability to detect and understand magical phenomena. Mm-hmm. Whisper Elf, your ears are finely tuned, able to detect even the slightest whisper of sound. Woodland Elf, you've adapted to life in the forest or the deep jungle, and you know how to climb trees and use foliage to your advantage. Just, all the other elves can't climb trees. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, how does this right. work? Yeah, yeah. Hang on. I'll show you. I'm going to go even further. I'm going to be the Cavern Elf. You're going to be Cavern Elf? Yeah. Okay. You're going to get He's dark gonna be a vision. Drought. You're going to be a drought. Yeah, you get dark vision. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the only reason yeah, you, you, get dark, you get dark vision. No, it's, it's playing into my, my potential, uh, you know, thing I'm going to do. We are a ranger with two swords. No. 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 You can see it's Okay. Sweet. So, ancestral feats. So you get one of these, uh, and one every four levels after that. I'll read them out quickly, uh-huh. and you tell me if there's anything you'd like the sound of. Ancestral longevity. Elven lore, elven weapon familiarity, forlorn, nimble elf, nimble elf, nimble cavern elf, <laughs> uh, otherworldly magic, Ooh. or unwavering mien. Otherworldly magic. Otherworldly magic, okay. Your elven magic manifests as a simple arcane spell, even if you aren't formally trained in magic. Choose one cantrip from the arcane spell list. Ooh, hello. Right, so page 307. It's handy that it puts the page number right there. That's good. Right, arcane cantrips. Arcane spell list, cantrips. Acid splash, chill touch, dancing lights, daze, detect magic, electric arc, ghost sound, light, mage hand, message, press the digitation, produce flame, ray of frost, Read Aura, Shield, Sigil, Tanglefoot, or Telekinetic Projectile. Oh, what kind of character are you going Okay, I might as well go with my concept now. I'm going to be a Mortalitasi. I'm going to be a special cleric that 
believes in the elven death god. And they carry a okay. scythe. <laughs> so which one of those do you think sounds cool. very deathly? Chill touch is quite I thought touch. I, I quite like the sound of chill touch chill as touch. well. Chill touch hurts the living or disorients undead. I like that. That uh, perfect. Or ray of frost. One of those two. Probably. I'm going to go chill touch. Okay. Right. So you've got otherworldly magic, chill touch. Cool. Right, so that is your ancestry. Now, there's all kinds of stuff for the other ancestries, obviously, and each one has those kind of flavours, those steps through where you can understand a bit about yourself, how other ancestries view you, and then your kind of um, your heritage and your feats, which I think gives a little bit of extra flavour. It's already there. You've got sort of... 50 different possible outcomes yeah. for just your ancestry, which is quite cool. And the thing about Pathfinder is it's all about maximising choice for the player. So you can really play around with your character. Yeah, and get you can really you like hone in what you want to be doing with your character. Exactly. And it's not even about min-maxing. It's about stylizing your character mm. the way you want. Mm. Whereas in D&D 5th Edition, it's often like you'll have the same ability, but you can flavour it how you want. Yeah. And they don't really sort of give too much flavour text but you can then say oh well my spell is, looks a bit like this right okay so we're going to go into classes let's see how we're doing right classes so they're slightly ever so slightly different than the standards so from the D&D ones we have <clears throat> alchemist barbarian bard champion so paladin is a sub of champion uh, but champions are defenders of good uh, and followers of a deity cleric druid fighter monk ranger rogue sorcerer and wizard so there are 12 classes to choose from and each one of those I think most of them actually have subsets that you can then pick and this will give you extra uh, bits so um Class features will be uh, class feats. Uh, so there's a set of feats for every class, and you can pick them as you go up. Skill feats come a bit later. At second level, you can start to get feats based on your skills. Um, you get skill increases, general feats, ability boosts, and uh, and then and then further on. So there's, there's various bits to add on here. You'll get some more hit points and all those kinds of things. I think generally you'll start off with more hit points at the beginning. Um, and uh, then you would in Dungeons and Dragons, for example. Okay, so, Leon. I would have been Alchemist. <laughs> well, that's funny. Look, I turn to this page and there is a picture <laughs> of Leon's of character. <laughs> Alchemist. Yay. Cool, okay. So, your key ability is intelligence. Okay, so he's at first two. level, your class gives you an ability boost to intelligence. Okay, so. Yep. And hit points. You get eight plus your constitution modifier. Cool. So is that, do I add those to my six for being a goblin? That eight to the six? Yes. Okay, cool. Yep. Now that you've made... Now I'm to finalise. Okay. After you've take, got your boosts from Ancestry, Background and Class... Did I do Background? No, sorry. I skipped Background. <gasps> sorry. I forgot about Background. Here we go. So backgrounds are quite quick. They give you a little little uh, choice. Um, sorry, just checking that's not. The house? Right, so I'm going to ru run through, just read them all off and tell me if there's one you like the sound of. Acolyte, 
acrobat, animal whisperer, artisan, artist, barkeep. I like that. Barista. No, barrister. <laughs> <laughs> Not a barista, a barrister. Bounty hunter, charlatan, criminal, detective, emissary, entertainer, farmhand, field medic, fortune teller, gambler, gladiator, guard, herbalist, hermit, hunter, labourer, martial disciple, merchant, miner, as in someone who mines, mm -hmm. not a small child, noble, nomad, prisoner, sailor, scholar, scout, street urchin, tinker, warrior. Uh, artisan for this one, please. Okay. Artisan. Uh, as an apprentice, you practice a particular form of building or crafting. Choose two ability boosts. One must be to strength or intelligence, and one is a free ability boost. So your intelligence goes up by two, if you want it to, or strength. I think intelligence makes more sense. Yep. And then you get a free one. Um... Oh, tough Charisma. Choices. Oh, nice. Okay. You're trained in the crafting skill. So on your character sheet there, you can just fill in. You know where I pointed oh, to yeah, those four yeah. little boxes yes. before? Yes, so I'm Find crafting trained. And you're trained. Uh -huh. So fill that one in. There you go. Nice. Cool. And you are also trained in... Uh, you're trained in crafting skill and the guild law skill. So there's kind of a blank space blank law. A bit of blankety-blank going on there. Guild law. And you gain the specialty crafting skill feat. Which yeah. I'm assuming goes on the um, secondary page. Skill feats, there they are. Yep. There you go. Background. Background. Oh, so my background you, yeah, saying. you get background skill Specialty feet. crafting. Yep. Yeah. And that and what's really cool on the character sheet, it tells you what levels in the boxes you're getting. So you get... Let me see if I can show this to the camera. Probably not very clearly. Yeah, so you can just keep that good track but of what level you gained it at. Here, it's showing you. This one is the background box, and then two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which it's is very handy. Feats. Which is very handy. I like that. A character sheet that helps you as you fill it out is actually quite good. Yeah. I have to say, the character sheets are quite intimidating when you first look at them. They definitely are. <laughs> There's a lot of boxes, but once you know what they do, they start to make a bit more sense. So there was quite a, um, quite a discussion on Twitter about these character sheets. But I think once you, once you get to have a look at them, you, you start to figure them out. Okay, we'll figure out what the specialty crafting skill feat does for you. Um, should we do that now? So you have a, an, an idea. Get a mix of emotions. Uh, specialty. I'm just cold, that's why I'm dancing so much. If any of you are wondering. <laughs> it's a bit yeah, chilly. it's a bit chilly today. <laughs> the, um... In case you're going, God, I hate how much she's dancing. I'm cold, have, have pity. <laughs> Crafting, 243 to 245. It's quite, quite a nice index. Um, I think there's another picture of a goblin. <laughs> More goblins. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Is that going to be more of a long-term thing? I think like, that would be I'm going to spend five yeah. days making a potion. I think that would be more of a long-term thing. Yep. Dan, did you find anything that you like to say? I think Acolyte. Acolyte, okay. Uh, choose two ability boosts. One must be to intelligence or wisdom. If you're a cleric, wisdom is your... Um, so go-to one, isn't it? Deity magic. Yeah. And then you get a free one somewhere else. I'll do strength. 
Okay. You're trained in the religion skill. Religion. So you can just tap, fill in the box on your... Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yep. We just went through all that. Fill in the T. T, yeah, yep. there we go. And then you have the scribing law skill. Scribing? Yeah. So you can write stuff down, and Leon's character can not read it. Um, a trained one again, is it? Yes. Yeah. You gain the student of the cannon skill feat. You can use cannons. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, about the cannon, as in the, what is the written word of your faith, I assume. I'm assuming so. Yes. Okay. Right. Cool. Uh, skill feats expand the functions of your skill and appear in Chapter 5 feats. So there we go. And what's quite cool about the book is down each page it's got oh let me lift this up each page it's got like this little bookmark thing down the side here and there's a corresponding dark patch on the actual oh, yeah. side of the book mm. which allows you to quickly just flip to a section so feats there you go straight to the right page and what do we have what were the two feats we had specialty crafting yes I wrote it yep specialty craft so we have specialty crafting. You train your training focus on crafting one particular kind of item. Select one of the specialties listed on the next page. You gain a plus one bonus. So alchemy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even care what the other ones are. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly okay. what we wanted. So so make Only a note move. of that next to the thing. So you get alchemy plus one. Uh, and then student of the canon. You've researched many faiths enough to recognise notions about them that are unlikely to be true. If you roll a critical failure at a religion check to decipher writing of a religious nature or recall knowledge about the tenets of faiths, so you gain a failure instead. So you can't critically fail oh, on understanding check. religion okay. writings, which is quite cool. Um, when attempting to recall knowledge about the tenets of your own faith, if you roll a failure, you gain a success instead. If you roll a success, you get critical success. Basically, your success is like so yeah, one step one, up. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Which makes sense. You would know your own religion inside and out as you studied it. Yes. 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 Okay. That's cool. Like it. Good stuff. Right. So, back to classes. <laughs> Here we go. So, we are an alchemist at first level. It's got a little breakdown here of all the stuff you get when you start, which is quite cool. At first level, you gain the listed proficiency ranks in the following statistics. Uh, you are untrained in anything not listed unless you gain a better proficiency rank in some other way. So, you are trained in perception. Cool. So, that's here. Trained. Perception. You get expert. in. F so, this is saving throws we're talking about now. So, saving throws have the same things as skills. Yeah, they are. Yep. And you are expert in fortitude save. Cool. So, you get to fill in two boxes. Nice. And you can see there, next to fortitude... It's got your constitution modifier, your proficiency bonus, and your uh, any item bonuses you might have. And we've done all our stat increases by this point, so I can start. There, we get some more. Get some more shortly. No, I will wait. Yep. Your expert in reflex saving throws. Wow. Dodging shiz. You can't touch my style. <laughs> and you're only trained in will saving throws. Because you are. I want the shiny things. <laughs> I can't resist. Skills. You are trained in crafting. Um, now, I'm wondering if you've got it already. 
take it to the next level. Let me pop back to the how to build a couch thing. It's got to, surely. Yeah, it must do. That would that would make sense, wouldn't it? And that that seems cool. Um. Yeah, let's do that. Why not? And we'll figure that out. Comment below if I did that wrong. But I thought, you know, you've got that in your background. Yeah, you've got yeah. it in your class. May as well go up. Uh, you're trained in a number of additional skills equal to three plus your intelligence modifier. Nice. Which is... So what I think what you should do now is do your final stat boosts. Yes. I think we should both so we can do start that. working those out. Uh, make sure you've applied all your boosts. Then apply four more ability boosts. Four more? Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Counts all the skills. Okay. Choosing a different ability score for each. Cool. So not all four in one. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> okay, let's do my constitution. Because there would have been resistance to some physics. Uh, okay. Cool. Excellent. I'm liking this so far. I think uh, when you f I printed these sheets off and I thought, whoa. But as you step through it, gives you really it's nicely laid out. Yeah, you a good guy. So it's actually quite a good like sort of almost like step by step. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and when you get to the class, it's like gives you interesting while exploring. You keep an eye out for trouble with your bombs at the ready while giving advice on all things alchemical and mysterious. So it gives you little role playing prompts as well, which is handy for people who are new to new to the game or. Have been playing so long they need a little refresher. <laughs> so okay. that's all of our Okay, so you are training so what's your so total up your stats. Okay. Yep. And then you put them in the right hand here. Mm -hmm. And then I apply the modifier and on the And then your modifier. So we still have a base skill. You have a score. Yep. And then your modifier is based on what your stat number is. So what's your strength? Ten. So your modifier is zero. So anything yeah. that revolves around strength gets a plus zero. Yes. Yep. For example, and I will go through your stats. Mm. We get to read them out for our viewers. Yep. And then I can give you your modifiers for each of them. Okay. And at this point, people are probably going, oh, don't you know this off the top of your head and all this kind of stuff? But we're just going through it all just to make sure. And, you know, Dan's an idiot, so... It's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> no. It's cool. There are other ways you can alternatively roll ability scores. But because this is a new game and this is the kind of built-in uh, development, I thought mm. it'd, be, yeah. it'd be good if we yeah, did it that way. I prefer it this way, personally. Okay, cool. Okay. Have you done yours? I've, I've, Do you want to total them up oh, into yeah. your boxes? Right, Leon, if you want to read out... So then my dexterity is 14. So that's plus 2. Yeah. Uh, constitution is 12. Plus 1. This feels very familiar. My intelligence is 16. Plus 3. Uh, wisdom is 10, so plus 0. Yeah. And my charisma is 16, so plus, plus 3. three. Okay. So pretty good. Dan. My strength is 14. Plus 2. Uh, my dexterity is 14. Plus 2. My constitution is 10. 0. My intelligence is 12. Plus 1. My wisdom is 16. Plus 3. And my charisma is 10. 0. You are so wise. Cool. Okay. Good stuff. Right. Okay, so... Leon, back to your character. You get trained in a number of additional skills equal to three plus your intelligence modifier. So uh, six skills. Six skills. I just get to pick six pick skills. Pick six skills. While you're doing that, I'm just going to flip over to Cleric. Cleric, please, yeah. Okay, so we can start your ball rolling as well. Um, let's get to... That's Barbarian. There's Bard. There's Champion. Let's 
surprised you go for champion. <laughs> it's my usual go to, but. And it's cleric. Okay, so. First level, oh, you get an ability boost to wisdom. Okay. <laughs> did you already put that in, or did no, you? No, I hadn't. No, it's so 18. Okay, so that becomes a plus four. Plus four. Okay. Uh, you are trained, oh, and you get eight plus your constitution modifier in hit points. Eight plus my constitution modifier. I've got no, so, so, so I'm not to 14. Yeah. What? You are trained in perception. I'm trained in perception. Yep. And then saving throws. You're trained in fortitude. Trained in fortitude. Trained in reflex. Trained in reflex. Expert in will. Expert in will. Yep. And then for skills, mm-hmm. you're trained in religion. Which I've already got, sorry. Yep. Expert in that. You are trained in one skill determined by your choice of deity. Wow. I've got certain religions in mind. Are any of them death related? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> good or bad death related? Uh, good death related. My job, I think, in my in my mind is to, to send the departed souls of the cave elves to the next realm okay. of life. Well, have a look at the uh, that big list there. Is... See if there's something that fits that. I can't remember all their names off the top of my head. Did that a while ago. The setting that we're going to use is actually available for free on, my, on the Patreon. You can get, it's like an 18-page... Primer, which tells you about the world in half of it, and the other half gives you an example. It's for D and D fifth edition, but fairly translatable for this. Um, an example of how all the classes and all the subclasses fit into the world to help flesh it out a bit, and to give you guys a bit of an idea of how what kind of characters there are in the world. Sorry, Leon, you looked very excited about something. No, I guess I've done my. Uh, I've oh, you've done, done your bits. Yeah. Okay, right. So while uh, Dan's having a read of that, uh, attacks. You are trained in simple weapons. Yep, down the bottom. You are trained in alchemical bombs. Is that a? That'll be like an other. So pop it. So you know, down the bottom, just next to it. Oh, got other. other. Put put. Yep, I got two seconds. Yep. But train, fill that in, and then write alchemical weapons. Alchemical bombs. Oh, alchemical bombs. And yeah. trained again in unarmed attacks. Yep. Unarmed attacks. Cool. Okay, and then with defences. Yep. Uh, which are further up on the sheet with the armour class bit in the middle. Yes. Yep. You're trained in light armour. Cool. And you're trained in unarmoured defence. Nice. Cool. So your armour class is affected by your prof- your proficiency score. So the better you are trained in armour, yep. the better you are at moving in it and using it to block attacks. Mm-hmm. So your armor class will go up as you go up in levels, uh, and and the more you pick those um, that type of that armor. type of armor, the, yeah. the higher it will go. Okay, cool. Okay, class DC trained in alchemist class DC. Class DC, it, which is here. Yeah. Now that relates to any specific abilities that need your class DC, like. Some I, I'm not specifically sure, but it might be like dodging your bomb. They may have to roll against your class DC because you're an alchemist and you've made a really good bomb. Yeah. Like a wizard, it will be effectively their spell attack. Right. That kind Perfect. of thing. Yeah. Clerics turning undead. That kind. Of, is there anything on there, Dan? That. Yeah, I've got Death Tempest. Uh, the god's name is Imbixelfax. 
Go cool. for a nice complicated one. Yeah. Because I'm going to be able to say that all the time. You, you said it there. Fine. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Yes. Sorry. I'm just reminding myself what we're doing there. Okay. So that's your stats there. And then you get... It's in addition to abilities provided a class first level. You have the benefits of respect to the ancestry and background. Yep. Initial proficiencies. You've got those. And now we've got like uh, class features. So you'll have a, pay, a bit on your character sheet on the on the reverse of that first page. Yep. What was my DC? It, you're trained in it. And we'll tell you what it's based oh, on. Oh, yeah. Shortly. Shortly. Class DC. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Sorry, and we're flipping over. To yes, flipping over to uh, top right class feats and yep. abilities. Okay, um, I think that's all right. Um, class features. Feature the first. Feature the first. Your first class feature is alchemy. That well, that is your. I, I'm not sure if that actually. Oh yeah, feature first. Yeah, alchemy. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Cool. It's called Alchemy, and um, you get to pick... Ah, right, okay. You gain the alchemical crafting feat, even if you don't meet the feat's prerequisites, and you gain the four common first-level alchemical formulas granted by that feat. So, alchemy. Let's read it out. You understand the complex interactions of natural and unnatural substances and can concoct alchemical items to meet your needs. Stirring it up. You can do this using normal reagents and the crafting activity, or you can use special infused reagents that allow you to craft temporary items quickly at no cost. Over time, you can create more and more alchemical items for free, and since each of them become more and more powerful, you advance in power dramatically, leaving behind those who don't understand your strange science. You gain the alchemical crafting feat, page 258. I want to write that down so we can remember that. Even if you don't meet the feats with prerequisites, and you gain the four common first level alchemical formulas. Cool. So you get the alchemical crafting feat. Uh, I'm guessing it's, it's almost akin, akin to like spells. I'm guessing is I've got yes. four formulas, so yeah. <clears throat> four chemicals I can make. Yes, uh, and I'll, I'm going to give you the book shortly so you can have a little yep, read for this. Your next one is formula book, class feature, formula book. An alchemist keeps meticulous records of the formulas. You start with a standard formula book. The formula book contains the formulas for two common first level alchemical items of your choice. In addition to those you you gained from alchemical crafting and your research field. Oh, mm -hmm. six alchemical formulas. I think I know what your answer to this next one's going to be, but <laughs> I will ask you anyway. So, you now get to pick your research field. Oh. And there are three that you can pick from. Mm -hmm. Bomber. Yep. Chirurgeon. A what? Surgery. Surgery, yes. Or muta mutagenist. Bomber. Okay. So this is your your inquiries into the alchemical nature of the universe have led you to focus on a particular field. The research field presented in this book are as follows. Bomber. You specialize in explosions and other violent alchemical reactions. You start with the formulas for two first-level alchemical bonds in your formula book in addition to your other formula. Two first-level bombs. Yes. 
When throwing an alchemical bomb with a splash trait, you can deal splash damage to only your primary target instead of the usual splash area. Okay. So you could throw a splash grenade at someone next to Dan's character, for example, and be more targeted with your attack. So it wouldn't splash all over. Over him. And then you get an alchemist feat. First level, in every even-numbered level thereafter, you gain an alchemist feat. And I'll tell you what first-level alchemist feats are in one second. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Yes. Alchemical familiar. You have a, used alchemy to create life, a simple creature formed from alchemical materials, reagents, and a bit of your own blood. Um, I can get that flying kitty that's on page whatever it is. <laughs> alchemical savant. You can identify alchemical items quickly, probably by tasting them. Being a goblin. Uh, when using a crafting skill to identify alchemy on an alchemical item you hold, you can do so as a single action, which is the concentrate and manipulate traits, instead of spending 10 minutes. It's quite nifty. Far lobber. That sounds useful. You have learned to throw a longer distance. When you throw an alchemical bomb, it has a range increment of 30 feet instead of the usual 20 feet. Or quick bomber. You keep your bombs in easy-to-reach pouches from which you draw without thinking. You interact to draw a bomb, then strike with it. Which I assume means you're quicker at throwing your gear. Ah, uh, quick bomber. Quick bomber. Yeah. Okay, cool. Quick bomber you are. Right. And that, I believe, there's loads of stuff for the other levels. So there's there's um, features, a lot every few levels, every other level. And then in between those, you get feats. So there's loads of stuff that your characters get in this. Every level you're getting at least two things. So you're like... Your character's getting lots of skills and power and things are ramping up. Um, and your, your skills get feats on them and all this kind of stuff. So it's there's a lot that you get as you go along. So it's a bit more it's a bit more juicy than D&D <laughs> 5th edition. There's a lot more to it, which is good and bad. You know, there's more moving parts you've got to think about. You know, they're all their own rule. Each little thing's its own little rule, so you've got to remember it. Um, but there's lots of space to write it down. So it's going to make yeah. it interesting. Right, so should we switch out to our cleric? Yeah. Oh, let me find the right page. Here we go. You're not a dancer, are you? No, that's a bard. <laughs> okay, clerics, here we go. So we did all that. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. We did stats increases and whatnot. So, you get your initial proficiencies, then you get your deity. Now, we could do standard Pathfinder stuff, but... It's an opportunity for me to... What, go off piece a little bit. Yeah, go off piece a little bit and do something on my own. And I'm about to, like, off the on the fly kind of create an adventure. And if it's in my own setting, I might be, it might be a little bit better. Um, so you've already picked your deity, yep. haven't you? Yeah. I'm in... I said it in a while ago. Let's have a look. Oh, let me, Iambic let me see. something. Iambic pentameter. Imbix alfiax. Yeah, Imbix alfiax. Yep. So this is a creature from Harlig. This is a deity from the very icy top level of the world mountain. So if we look up here, uh, this level up here, uh, and this is an evil one. Oh, is it? Do you want an evil one? Do you want an evil one or do you want a good one? Is there a good death one? There are... Let's have a look. Dream Oceans. You're from underground, aren't you? Yeah. Um, there is a, I think there's a bit of a unknown 
and death. Let's have a look. Or like somebody who's responsible for sending a death to the other side, maybe not necessarily being... Well, that would be um, Keldron. <laughs> you can say a murderer. <laughs> no, that would be Keldron, Keldron, who is basically the moon. Keldron okay. and... Who is the sun? Let me remember the sun. I haven't looked at this in a while. <laughs> um, uh, Seracron, I think, was the, the sun. Yes, Seracron. So Keldron is... Knowledge, life, moonlight, mystery, twilight, the beyond. That okay, kind of yep, stuff. That'd be, that's yep. it. That's my job. Cool. I send the departed. And the, the the main home of that deity is Glorim, which is the known, also known as the Fey Dusk, and that's where most elves come from that's it. as well. That's perfect. So, oh, I live in a cave somewhere in the little peak. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in this layer or yeah. in this peak. Yeah. Let's turn that off. There we go. Cool. Okay. So... Uh, let's have a look. And what I'll do is, if if it's required, I'll kind of match it to something in here. Yeah. That then you can you can. I think you might be able to just build it up as you want to. Must be larger deity. Oh, deity grants you train proficiency rank in one skill and with the deity's favoured weapon. So you want scythe? We'll let you have scythe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and in one skill. So this is obviously not built for Pathfinder, um, but maybe. Uh, occultism. Yep, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So I'm trained in occultism. Yep. You right there, Leon? Yes. A bit chilly. <laughs> I bit didn't wear thick clothes. It's a bit cold in the studio tonight. Sorry about that. It's, the temperature's dropped suddenly in the UK with the change of the clocks. Mm. It also, everyone seems they seem to scrub off a few Celsius as well. So I got this hoodie in Australia. I think it's made for Australian, <laughs> which is about 25 degrees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you've got your deity. Yep. Uh, you've got divine spell casting. Your deity below bestows on you the power to cast divine spells. Uh, you can... Da, 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 using this. At first level, you can prepare two first level spells and five cantrips each morning from the common spells on the divine spell list in this book. Why did I pick something hard? <laughs> well, that's, that's oh, your choice. You could be a champion. If no, you no, want. no. I'm, yep. I'm going with this. I'm cool. going with this. I've got cool. concepts. I'm going... Right, so you've written down how many spells. So, how many was it? Two first-level spells and Two five spells. cantrips from the common spell, common spells on the divine spell list. And then five cantrips. Yep. As you increase in level, the number of spells you can prepare each day increases. Cool. Five. So, I think if we see on the magic, here you go. <laughs> on here. <laughs> Uh, on the back of that one. On the back of this one. Ah, yeah, ha, ha. got some magic stuff. Ah, ha, ha. Okay, heightened spells. When you get spell slots of second level and higher, don't need to worry don't about know that. Right cantrips. Cantrips are a special type of spell that doesn't use spell slots. So you know five cantrips, and you can use them as many times as you want. And that's on top of my cantrip that I picked up earlier from my special. Yes. Yeah. So Sorry. you know six cantrips. Brilliant. Uh. And your, your cantrips count as spells, the highest level spell you can cast. So when you cast a cantrip spell, because the highest level of spell you can cast is first level, the cantrips deal damage and all their effects, it'll say in the cantrip, yeah, I'll, I'll, as if you're a first level, as if it's a first level spell. Yeah. Right. Divine font. Through your deity's blessing, you gain additional spells then that channel either the life force called positive energy or its counter force negative energy. When you prepare your spells each day, you can prepare additional heal or harm spells. 
depending on your deity. I think you'll be heal, won't you? Yeah. Yeah. The divine font spell your deity provides is listed in the divine font entry for your deity on 437 to 440. Healing font, you can prepare only heal spells. So what I'll do is I'll find the appropriate one for you right now. Okay. Based on a deity. And I get two first level spells from the common level as well, don't I? Yeah. What have I done to myself? What have you done to yourself? <laughs> Uh, oh, divine font is heal. Yeah, so you're just going to heal. That's fine. So healing font, you gain additional spell slots each day at your highest level of cleric spell slots. You can prepare only heal spells in these slots, and the number of slots is equal to one plus your charisma modifier. Oh, I have no charisma modifier, so I can have one spell slot. One extra spell slot, which is a heal spell. All right. On top of your two spells. So here you should have uh, country level one. Yep. And then spontaneous spell slots. You've got two there. Two here. Yep. And that's how many spells you're going to cost a day. And um, yes, you, you can list all your cantrips down there yep. and you've got them. Yep. And there you go. Cool. So, doctrine. Even among followers of the same deity, there are numerous doctrines and beliefs which sometimes vary wildly between clerics. At first level, you select a doctrine and gain the benefits. So this is kind of generally across um, all, all kinds of clerics. You've got cloistered cleric. You're a cleric of the cloth focusing on divine magic and your connection to your deity's domain. War priest. You have trained in the more militant doctrine of your church, focusing on both spells and battle. Um, so, a cloistered cleric or a war cleric? I'm going to say a war priest as I'm war priest. Big Okay. Scythe. You're trained in light and medium armour. Oh, no, sorry. So, light and medium, yeah? Yep. And you have expert proficiency in fortitude saves. Ooh. Cool. Flip the sheet. General feats, you get shield block. A reaction to reduce damage with a shield. Oh. Is that is class one though? Oh, general feat. Please. General feat, yeah. Yep. Uh, if your deity's weapon is simple, you gain the deadly simplicity cleric feat. I don't think it is. I don't think my weapon's going to be simple. Um, no. Okay, cool. So that's your doctrine. That's my doctrine. So you're kind of a bit more of a combat capable... Yeah. Okay, so then you get to pick one feet. One feet. Yeah. Okay, and I'll read them out quickly so you can you can hear what they all are. Right. Deadly simplicity. This is with a simple favoured weapon, so mm. this is the same as, as yeah. that one. Domain initiate. Your deity bestows a special spell related to their powers. Select one domain, a subject of particular interest to you within your religion from your deity's list. You gain an initial domain spell from that domain. A spell unique to the domain and not available to other clerics. Each domain's theme and domain spells appear later on. So you, you can have a, a special, a bit more of a spell list. Harming hands. Prerequisites of a harming, harmful font, which you don't have. Don't have, no. Healing hands. Prerequisite of a healing font, which you do have. Your positive energy is even more vibrant and restorative. When you cast heal, you roll d10s instead of d8s. So what I'm thinking is, when you cast heal, 
it's depending on what level you are. You are. There's a number of hit D8s yeah. normally, but yeah. that would be D10s instead. Holy Castigation. Holy Castigation, Batman. Holy Castigation. <laughs> uh, you combine holy energy with positive energy to dam- damage demons, devils, and their evil ilk. Heal spells you cast damage fiends as though they were undead. So you can cast Heal against demons. And then Reach Spell. You can extend the range of your spells. If the next action you use is to cast a spell that has a range, increase that spell range by 30 feet. As is standard for increasing spell ranges, if the spell normally has a range of touch, you extend its range to 30 feet. Ooh. Heal at range. Yeah. <laughs> that might be quite handy. Yeah, I'm going to do that one if that's, that's the list. That takes an action. So uh, that has a, the symbol of an action. action right. So in a round, you'll have to go, I use my reach spell feet, then I do cast spell. Right, okay. Yep. So, and that goes in my class feet, does it? Uh, this one in here? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. As well as your... Spellcasting and yada yada yada, yada yada yada, yeah. all that cool stuff. All that cool stuff. Cool. Okay, so that is your class done. Again, there's loads of stuff. All the feet levels, all of the different features you get. Uh, there's some cool little examples in each of the classes where they do like a little sidebar, which gives you a little example cleric if you want to do a quick one and jump in and have a look at that. No, I didn't tell that. That's cool. Okay, so we've done your class, uh, and as I said, there are 12 classes, all the ones you know and love, as well as, I mean, Alchemist is a cool one to add on, but Paizo have also just released four uh, playtest classes on their website that they're sharing with people, uh, and there's like a, a, a witch and a... Lion. Ju- uh, yeah, a lion, a witch, and a wardrobe. <laughs> no, there's a duelist or swashbuckler, there's a some an investigator and a couple of other ones so they're going to be sh- it looks like they're going to be sharing lots of content like as as they go because this hasn't been out long and um yeah they're doing lots of stuff already okay so you've recorded all your class details rec- uh, to determine your character's total starting hit points add together the number of hit points your character gained from their ancestry and the hit points they gained from their class don't forget to add your constitution modifier if you it. didn't worry. i have 15 hit points okay Wow. 14. <laughs> wow, Goblin Alchemist with 15 hit points. Okay, the initial proficiency section of your class entry indicate your character's starting proficiency. We've done all that. We haven't, you haven't told us our proficiency. No, you've got those. That was all your class proficiencies. Oh, things. is that what the yeah, Choose in? which skills your character's trained in. Right, that's what all that, Those right. are the, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, so, so I can fill these in there. Now, your proficiency, yes, you can fill those in. So your proficiency score is equal to two. For trained? No. What? No, just standard. Calculate modifiers. Da, da, da. Um, yeah, because the, the proficiency thing up in the top corner. Okay, hang on. I believe the, the standard thing yeah, is... It's up in the top left. Up Untrained plus zero, trained two plus level, expert four plus level. Ah, there you go, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Two plus level, four plus level, six plus level. Okay, plus so if level. I'm trained, it's three because I'm level one. Exactly. Okay. That's your proficiency modifier. So that's, that's you. Now, in D&D 5th edition, your proficiency modifier just goes up Yes. as you go up levels to a maximum, I think, of six. Whereas in this, you can see it goes up to 28, uh, which is the, the, the maths, or math, uh, it's obviously worked out quite differently uh, for this. I assume proficiency that relates to like our light armor and stuff as well. Yep. So your armor class will be based on your proficiency of what armor you're wearing at the time. Yeah. Okay. Right. So 
if I have no training in acrobatics, I can still get my dexterity bonus to acrobatics. Yeah. Train because the yes, yeah. your stat always adds on. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's so your total modifier is equal to your stat plus your proficiency. Yeah. Whatever that is. And, that gets and then any extra items, magic items, spells, and all those kinds of things. Which is why there is a little stat box for each of them: proficiency and item. Now, some of those have armor because armor will have a penalty to acrobatics, athletics, stealth, and my favorite skill, thievery. That's cool. in real life, you mean? You're not lying. <laughs> Don't know what you mean. Okay, then we're going to uh, buy some equipment. And then we're going to do uh, a little adventure. I'm going to pick some specs. And then finishing touches like your alignment, standard alignment stuff, you know. Do you want to be Jean Picard at Lawful Neutral or Robin Hood at Chaotic Good? Robin Hood is Chaotic Good. Someone on the internet was trying to tell me that he was like lawful neutral or something, and I was like, no. Like, Robin Hood is literally the definition of Chaotic Good. He's doing illegal things, but to benefit others. Sorry, just checking that my wife is not texting me. Okay. Have you explained to everyone that you've just had a baby? Oh, yeah, I've just had a baby. That's why I'm checking my phone. Sorry. Um, We're recording. I could edit this out, but it's more fun just to keep going. And, uh, yeah. So, check your alignment. Check your alignment. Hero points. A new thing. Your character usually begin each game session with one hero point, and you can gain additional hero points during sessions by performing heroic or foolhardy deeds or devising clever strategies. Your character can use hero points to gain certain benefits, such as staving off death or re-rolling a d20. See page 467 for more about hero points. So I'm just going to flip to that, because this is uh, one of the... I like these when a, when a game adds in that little bit extra that player characters have that other people don't have, and the guys are also filling in their couch sheets. So it's yes. a good thing to... <laughs> So, you can spend uh, one hero point to re-roll a check. Pretty good. You must use the second result. If you use a hero point to re-roll a d20, then you must use the second result. Okay. This is a fortune effect, which means you can't use more than one hero point on a check. You can only have a maximum of three hero points at any one time. You lose any remaining hero points at the end of the session, you always go back to one for the next session. You can spend all your hero points to avoid death. You can do this when your dying condition would increase. My dying condition has increased. That's really bad. (laughs) Uh, You lose the dying condition entirely and stabilize with zero hit points. You don't gain the wounded condition or increase its value from losing the dying condition in this way. But if you already had that condition, you don't lose it or decrease its value. Lots of stuff to do with conditions. Just put me in mind of the Simpsons and Mr. Burns gets shot. It's like, Mr. Burns was rushed to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. He was then transferred to another hospital where doctors upgraded his condition to a lot. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, cool. So, we've now got some characters. So, just give us a little rundown, Leon, of your character. Do you want some sample names of goblins? Or have you got a... Oh, yeah. yeah. What's, a, to... what's a goblin-esque name for this? Okay. okay. Uh, you, is there anything specific for your setting that's goblin-esque? No, no, no. Nope. No, that's fine. You can go with whatever goblin-esque. So, name, for examples... Goblins keep their names simple. Good names should be easy to pronounce, short enough to shout without getting winded. Tig. And taste good to say. 
Tig is fine. Tig. Uh, some example names are Ak, Boka, From, Guzmuk, Krobby, Luhi, Mazmord, Nika, Omgot, Ranzag, Rickle, Tup, Wackler, Yonk, Zabini. <laughs> I'm sticking with Tig. Okay, cool. Elves have 14 syllables in their names. No. Um, an elf keeps their personal name secret among their family while giving a nickname when meeting other people. This nickname can change over time due to events in the elf's life. Or even on a whim, a single elf might be known by many names by associates of different ages and regions. Um, they often end in L or Ara. So sample names. Aeril, Amrunelara, Caladrel, Dardlara... Faunra, Heldalel. You can hear the just taste in your voice if you read out <laughs> names. Aparel. I think I'm going to be Rachel. Selglon. Sumrel. Talithel. Tassara. Variel. Yalandlara. I like that one. Yalandlara. That would be a mouthful to say. Zordlon. That's awesome. Zordlon. That's it. I'm going Zordlon. You've said it now. Cool. There you go. Right. Um, but okay. no, but... So, sorry, Leon, let's have a little rundown of your character then. So, I am Tig, goblin alchemist who grew up in a, or close to a more civilised area. Uh, somewhere hot, as I don't really know the setting too well, somewhere somewhere quite urban-esque. Yep, well, the, the, the realm of Arlon is the, the main kind of typical yep. medieval fantasy realm with lots of different... Um, yep. Near Arnlorn, with a lot of goblins who worked out of a forge, so he had lots of fire, but okay. he showed a bit more intelligence, so he ended up being apprenticed off to an alchemist, where he learned alchemy and became obsessed with fire and the explosions thereof. Cool. Uh, anything that blows up, and he's also got kind of a slight fascination with percussive explosions as well, so anything loud. Oh. So he likes noisy things. Cool. Kind of a noise boy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Damn. Okay, yeah, uh, Zordlon is a, a Mortalitesi, who is uh, basically a sort of warrior priest who goes around the fields of battles with the other elves, and his job is to send the elves to the other side when they've died. So he's a bit of an outsider when it comes to elves, because he's not necessarily a good omen, because when he turns up it means you're normally going to die and he needs to send you to the other side. Sure. So okay. he's, a outsider. he's not a normal elf, he's not aloof, He's not because he just doesn't talk. He's, uh, he's a, bit, a bit quiet, a bit floaty. Think Red Skull in uh, Avengers. He kind of floats oh, around in a bit. Endgame. Yeah, so ah, he kind of floats around a little bit. Okay. He's got long capes and stuff. Okay, cool. And but not red. No, no, not. He's obviously, <laughs> he's obviously not red. He's got pale skin. You can see his face and that. Yeah, he's got yeah. cut off those and that. But think that sort of floaty sort of okay, dynamic. Okay, so he kind of drifts around. Yeah, he kind of drifts around. Ethereal. Yeah, and he's, cool. he's, he's a bit sombre because he's obviously, his job is to send the dead spirits to the other side. Cool. <laughs> okay, excellent. Right. Comment okay. below if, like me, you get super attached to characters in one shots and then you just miss them. <laughs> I, I already feel myself getting attached to this one. <laughs> it's not going to be sad to play. Well, you know, comment below also that if you like these characters and maybe you want to see it in more than one uh, one shot. Do a campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're now going to do a quick, uh, quick one-shot adventure to explore a bit of the rules. This is the first time we played Pathfinder 2nd Edition, so please... Comment below <laughs> with all the things we do wrong. But please be kind. Be, be gentle. Be, be, be kind. nice. But be nice. <laughs> A very brief, ba uh, brief background. This is going to be set. I know nothing about the setting of Pathfinder. I have to say that right now. So I'm throwing in my own setting here, and this is a setting called Ondrum, the World Mountain. 
it's got 5e on the screen because it's originally designed for D&D 5th edition. However, this is a, a fancy world where the entire world is a giant mountain drifting through the ether and it has various uh, planes of existence levels to it that are in themselves large enough to be worlds, full worlds. So much like kind of Discworld, multiple Discworlds kind of stacked up with a mountain going through the middle. The mountain is called Ondrum, is also the god, the main god of the world, uh, and is seen as kind of the, the thing that joins all these planes together. Um, you have Harlig, the ice, uh, kind of floating ice cap at the top. Just below that, you have the kind of Nordic um, uh, Viking-style sky islands of Yaneth. Below that, you have Glowrim, which is a kind of foresty, jungly, undeady mixture with giant oceans, with leviathans coursing through them, lots of elves and all the fey. It's known as the fey dusk. Uh, beneath that, you have Arlorn, which is your kind of standard normal fantasy world where you've got nations competing and, and all kinds of things going on. Uh, lots of humans. Uh, beneath that you have Udril, which is the Underdark, uh, which is full of horrible spiders um, and, and, you know, evil creatures and all that kind of stuff. And then beneath that you have Zadomir, which is effectively hell, where uh, demons, devils and dragons try to assault the world mountain every day. And in the Mechanolith, which is the great citadel that encircles the world mountain in the lowest level, there is an everlasting war to keep these creatures out of the tunnels and caverns within the world mountain. Each level is aware of the others. Not, they can see something. You can see the one above you more often than anything else. Uh, Glowroom, you can see the one below. There are sky ships. There are flying races. Things nest in the underneath of other other realms. So this kind of it's it's not like they don't know about each other. Um, and our adventure is going to take place on the realm of Arlon, uh, which is the main realm. Uh, and you can get this uh, setting for free off of our Patreon. Uh, I'll put a link below in the video description. It's fully free. It's 18 pages. There's a bit about all of the layers and the deities, and then there's a section about it's, it's made for D&D 5th edition, but all the classes, which are very close to Pathfinder 2nd edition, and a kind of example for all subclasses as to how they can fit into the world and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so, our adventure begins with Tig and Zordlon climbing through the foothills of the mountains just south of Faneriath, which is the capital of the elven realm of Ledria. And Zordlon, you as a, a disciple of your, um, of Keldron, the god of the moon, the twilight, the passing on, the moving between worlds, um, it, you, your job, your role in life is to help those who are close to death or have died to pass on. And often you are sent out to visit graves and battle sites to, to help with this kind of activity. You have been sent on a, on a journey to find a, a tomb, which is the site of a, a large battle between the allied forces of Keldron and uh, Kadrathis, who is actually the god of war, 
uh, who are fighting against disciples of Metalin, who is the evil god of murder and tyranny. Now, Metalin um, has sponsored many of the orcish and goblinoid races on on the on Arlorn. However, many of them have escaped that tyranny and fled to new blossoming cities such as Erebag, which is nearby just to the south, which is where Tig comes from, where entrepreneurial goblinoids uh, have started to welcome other species into a cosmopolitan thriving city or a coastal city, big trading port, trades with many of the cities to the south, Pargranon, uh, Akadai, uh, Adorin, all kinds of other cities. Uh, and it's kind of a, a blossoming um, culture. And Tig, you've found your way there from the island nation of Gomar, which was under tyrannous rule until recently. But you thought, well, that's probably now is a good time to get away. You, you'd studied and learnt a bit about, uh, you know, science and alchemy and taking that taking that as your business to Erebag, stirring the pot. <laughs> uh, taking that to Erebag, you had uh, offering out your services to try and earn coin. And a go-between has arranged for the two of you to come together. Uh, it is believed that this site may be entombed in stone or collapsed, or there may be a difficulty getting in there, and that someone with uh, explosive capabilities <laughs> may be useful. And you are indeed a... F what was it? F uh, a what was the kind of goblin you are? Charhide. Charhide. Yes, that's your ancestry. We're very used to being blown up. Yes, you're <laughs> used to it. So when you... So Tig has a slightly crispy appearance, I believe. So maybe describe your character. Tig, start, start with your character. So Tig wears a nice big pair of goggles. Of course. To protect his eyes from splashing chemicals. <laughs> Uh, wears lots of leather, leather like from like leather apronish. So mm -hmm. he actually got like leather armor on, and he's got like a big cloak which helps hide all of his different potions and concoctions and stuff. Uh, he's got like alchemical burns over his hands, so he's kind of green skin, but then kind of paler green areas mm -hmm. splashed all over him. Um, so yeah, and he the kind of wraps his cloak around his head, so he's kind of got that mischievous hidden quality okay. of cool. goblinness. But he's incredibly uh, optimistic. And smiling. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very charming. <laughs> and Zordlon, what does Zordlon look like? <laughs> but Zordlon is, is almost the opposite of that. He's not he's a very sombre character because he obviously is his job is sending the departed souls to the other side. Yep. Um he almost looks like he floats, like he wears a lot of black over him, he's hooded. Yeah. Um you can see his face, but he's a very pale looking elf, very weathered looking old for an elf which is okay yeah, quite yeah. A, tends to use his uh, very large scythe as a walking stick okay um but you know he doesn't necessarily look like he needs to do it because he kind of floats and you find that his cape doesn't follow like, the natural being of things like it doesn't just blow in the wind it kind of flows like mist at the edge of his edges of the cloaks and stuff oh, cool. and he just kind of looks a little bit spooky and he kind yeah. of just floats along and moves along elves in this in this in pathfinder do have a very kind of uh, kind of ethereal, yeah. attractive quality to them, and yours is on, as the, you say, on the darker the goth side. side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's basically ethereal, but on the darker side, rather than like a fey elf, like skipping along and floating and lovely. Yeah. It's more like sombre and just kind of moving along, yeah. and just getting along with things. Okay, you and you've come from the capital of Fenerith, where um, uh, 
the powerful waters flow down from glow rim above they drip down from the upper level onto the mountains and create this kind of uh, magical ice reservoir uh, and glaciers between the mountains and in there there are vast caverns uh, and there's a city on the surface but you do have dwelled beneath the, yeah. the ground for a long time so you have uh, developed dark vision rather yep. than low light vision yep. but you're extremely pale and almost ice-like quality yes almost like um game of thrones kind of mm, white yeah. Walker. <laughs> yeah you're kind of like very pale yeah um to you, Tig, this makes no difference. He's an elf. Elves are interesting. They're kind of weird. Uh, pointy ears. <laughs> Floating. Yes. Uh, and the two of you are making your way through the foothills of these mountains, and you have been told fairly reliably and given instruction and a map of where this battle took place outside a temple of Cadrathus, who is the, the god of war, uh, typically represented by a... Uh, some sort of like dragon kin creature um, dragons are seen as powerful creatures um, and militant creatures and this is how people of all races kind of typify this kind of deity so you're probably looking you know for mm. some sort of statues or carvings or symbols of draconic imagery yep. to guide you in the right direction however the going is quite tough and we will probably need you guys to make some rolls. Well, let's get let's get a roll going on. Yeah. Because this is our first game of Pathfinder 2nd Edition. So, you guys are climbing. So, I think this is probably an athletics roll. Oh. And this is not going to be about whether you fall over and hurt yourself. But this is kind of how well you're doing. And how quickly you kind of make your way up these foothills and these mountains. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have a DC of... Um, See, I don't know whether they step up in fives, whether I'm allowed to just come up with any kind of DC I want. I'm going to say a DC of 12. So I've got yeah. something that is a DC 17 to save, so... Cool. So we're going to say it's a DC 12. It's not taxing, but it's not easy. You know, there's a fairly incline. Now, what we have is, if you roll a 20 on your die, a natural 20, it's considered a critical. But also, if you pass the dc by 10 or more it's considered a critical and if you fail the dc by 10 or more it's considered a critical failure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so d20 plus your athletics skill modifier and let us know how you did it wow you both rolled very well 13 because i have minus one to my <laughs> minus one i have little groblin <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my armour cancels out my uh, bonus, so I've just got 16. Okay, so your slightly ethereal nature, your floating nature, and elves are very light-footed. Mm. You're making your way, moving from, not skipping, no. but floating from rock to rock and over the little cracks and crevasses and little rock slides and things like that. And you notice that the goblin is lagging behind slightly. You can hear a jangling of things and there's a rustling of gear and equipment and this is kind of scraping himself over things. It doesn't seem to be bothering him, but it's kind of slowing you down a bit. And I, hum I, I, I mumble to myself, the dead don't have these issues. <laughs> Indeed. Let's, uh, while you're doing this, let's have perception rolls. Sorry, were you going to say something? I'm just going to do a character thing. <laughs> Go for it. Are you out of puff? <laughs> 
<laughs> right, perception. Uh, and this is going to be a DC 15. Uh, I got an 8. You got 8. Oh, plus my proficiencies. So I got a 6. Which is my proficiency? Yep. Okay. So you guys are climbing up and you're you're too busy kind of focused on what you're doing. It's There seems to be a gentle rain. It's not too overcast or anything. There's still a bit of light. But it's past midday. You've already had your midday meal and you're heading up into the into the foothills and you're kind of starting to feel like maybe it's going to be dark before you find this place. Um, you're kind of stumbling around a bit the goblin slowing you down slightly, Elf, but you this doesn't particularly bother you. Elves are slightly whimsical and you're kind of interested in exploring and, and understanding this goblin, you know, from a, you know, you may have to help some of them pass through the veil at some mm. point in the future, so understanding them might be useful. Um, but you, you're kind of moving through the foothills and after a while, as it starts to get dark, you see a head between sort of two rocky outcroppings. The corner of a, what looks like a carved rock, you can't quite see what it is, but you can tell from here that it's angular and it's not a natural occurring shape of a rock. It looks like something that's been carved. carved. So what do you want to do? It's starting to get dark. Do you want to press on or do you want to... I'm going to turn to the goblin and ask if you can see in the dark. Can you, can you see in the dark? Yeah. Can Good. you see in the dark, Elf? Yes, I can. Cool. We should, we should press on and see what this rock is. Okay. Right. So you, you can kind of see this up ahead. What rock? <laughs> There's a rock just up there. I see it now. <laughs> Did you make a joke, Goblin? As you approach, you can see now that there is a large... It, it looks like it's kind of... Something's collapsed. There's been a rock slide or some kind of... Um, you're thinking maybe some sort of explosion underneath something's collapsed in and toppled to one side and leaning against uh, a large kind of scree face yep. on this hill there is like a broken in half um carving of a dragon warrior someone like a dragonoid dragon humanoid standing in armor but it's like half of it's like broken and there's like rubble all around and it looks like it's collapsed and like there's almost like a sinkhole between these two rocky outcroppings where lots of stuff has kind of collapsed inwards. Mm. Is this something we were looking for? I believe we've reached our destination. Um, but there's no doorway. Make uh, perception rolls, both of you. Thirteen. <laughs> Four. I rolled a natural one. Oh! That's a, <laughs> that's a critical failure. If you roll a one on a d20, your result is one... Degree worse. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> got a clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Now you're busy to like very. Uh, you're used to very urban environments. Yeah. You know, working in your yeah, it's your apprenticeship and your workshop here. and all this kind of stuff. You're kind of confused by the smells, the sights, dirt. the sounds, dirt, and all that kind of stuff. Um, however, um, Zordlon, uh, you are. Um, you can see that there's one particular point. Of, on the ground, just next to where the statue is leaning, that clearly the collapse is. This is the centre of the collapse, and maybe as you approach, you can see that there are a few rocks kind of pinned in together, 
maybe there is something beyond that. It looks like so. It looks like it looks like covered our, over. Yeah, so that would have looked like that would have been the entrance to potentially where we were. Going. Potentially, yeah. 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 Well, I can't see a way in here. I've hired you, or you have been hired, should I say, to uh, clear these pathways. There is a potential door under there. You reckon about there? You alright? <laughs> Got the stuff in my gear. Okay. Uh, Tig's gonna pull out some of his uh, special debris clearing explosives. Okay, cool. It's more of a clay like substance. He's yeah. gonna pack into <laughs> <a second>. yeah. <laughs> <Plastique>. <laughs> Okay, do we wanna. Should we do a crafting roll? Okay. Or what, what skills have you got relating to your explosives? I do have uh, alchemical crafting. Yes. Um, which is your craft? That's a that's a feat. Okay. So there is crafting skill. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I do have a crafting skill. Yes. And do we want to just check what our chemical crafting is? Yes, will, yes, I'm checking that for you right now. Thank you. I also just realised I wasn't adding my will you wisdom use... bonus to my perception checks. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> You're plus four yeah. wisdom. <laughs> You're a plus seven. <laughs> yeah, so That's like not even complicated Pathfinder rules. <laughs> no, That's just standard rules. Okay. Uh, our, our chemical crafting got you formulas. And you can use the craft activity to create our chemical items. So you, if there was things around you could you could use. But what, what we're going to say is you've got some alchemical supplies. Yeah. And we're going to have a crafting role to see that you... like. Position it all nicely. Now, this is going to be a DC 10. Okay. Remember, you have a hero point. Ah, this is it's fine. I'm brilliant at crafting. Uh, What's your, your bonus to Plus crafting? eight. <laughs> okay, right. As, okay. as you start messing around, you just hear, like, Zordlon in the background mumbling, like, prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's about to send you to the other side. <laughs> I'm going to just whistle. We'll see and say, Body works. Oh, oh, nailed it. Yeah, 25. I so said critical success. Because you're more than 10 above over the DC. Yeah. So you place it between a few key, and actually you realise that you could put it in just three locations and clear the rocks without sending anything further down. So you kind of feed in your the explosive yep. material, a little hole. Yep, put it in, and then you've got like little fuses and stuff, and you kind of stand back. Gonna roll back, I'm gonna creep back like Wiley Kate, like ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, yep. cool. Stand back. <laughs> You're going to want to be clear. <laughs> Just kind of hover backwards a little You have no, kind of, your understanding of explosives is like nil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give it, give it, give it. Elves don't really mess about with it. <laughs> no. Right. And I'm going to light the fuse. Okay. You light the fuse and it's... And there's a big billowing dust cloud that sweeps over both of you. And um, Tig, because you're a bit closer, you kind of, <laughs> as you pull your goggles off, you can you see the outline around his face of the <laughs> dust. Um, but the explosion tears open this entranceway. And you can see now that there is a, um, it looks like there's been some kind of fault or earthquake, uh, you know, recently maybe in the mountainside. Because it doesn't look like a stairwell going down. It looks like a corridor that's at the wrong angle. So it looks like a slope, like a gentle slope going down into into the mountain, as it were. 
but this there's now like a corridor full of dust <laughs> and like a few like large shrapnel pieces of stone like to one side uh, and you can see this kind of corridor going into the dark I believe we found our entrance well done more things to open up in there potentially let's go I just start hovering follow <laughs> start hovering <laughs> Sorry, if you're listening, that was slow hovering. Skip the thumbs up. Okay, are you guys trying to be stealthy in any way? No. Are we expecting anyone to be in there? Uh, uh, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> your face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, realistically, like I said, I'm quite an old elf, and you know, come really old elf without living a long time and doing what I do. So I kind of just hover in. Okay. Mildly confidently, because if it's my time, it's my time. I well, just okay. That. Well, let's just have stealth rolls then. Okay. Just, just for no reason, you know. Just do you just... know? What? I'm floating quietly. Well, let's see if you are. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the DC? Well, let's see what you roll. Uh, I got sixteen in total. I DC is got... only fifteen. So I, I got eighteen. Okay, right. So you are, you know, it's not trying to make noise. There's a difficulty because it's at an angle, mm. so you're having to like pitch yourself and balance even though you float <laughs> you're still walking on the yeah. floor so you're kind of like it looks having, like, I float. It looks I like you float yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're kind of like having to do it at an angle so mm. for that reason you don't want to like slip and slide and all that kind of stuff Tig would like to just mark uh, like a chalk line okay just on the wall just a little scuff mark cool like that's, in that's case fun. it's a bit of a maze when we get down there cool so you start heading down uh, this tunnel um, and as you go in it's it's dark. It's pitch black. Absolutely dark. But you guys both have... Dark vision. Dark vision, which is very handy. Uh, because, as it says in the book... Let me just get back to the right page. I just want to check, you know, the actual ruling on it so we don't, don't get this wrong. Goblin. Dark vision. You can see in darkness and dim light just as well as you can see in bright light. Though your vision in darkness is in black and white. Okay. Okay. So it's an old Hammer Horror movie. <laughs> As we go down. Noir. Yeah. Cool. Can you edit the video oh, to be black and, black, and black and white? Yeah. No. <laughs> cool. Okay. And Good. I'm wearing a cape that flaps in the wind as I walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah. made for noir. <laughs> like a vampire. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you head into this corridor. And as you sort of get about 30 feet down, you can see further along that there are statues either side of a large old doorway this looks like this was once a, a, a resplendent wooden carved door but now it is kind of rotted and pitted uh, and kind of slightly falling apart and because this looks like there's been a collapse in this area this old tomb that people were defending for some reason uh, you know that the tomb is a lot older than the battle mm. Um, that maybe this has fallen apart a long time ago and this is, you know, what they were defending. You're not sure. But the the doors are slightly at an angle because the corridor's at an angle. The statues are either side. And you're kind of progressing down. And this, to you, is all in black and white and you can kind of see this ahead of you. Uh, but there is a doorway ahead. What do you... And it's closed, although knackered. You can see... That it's not locked from here. Mm. But as you approach the, the the doorway, what do you want to do? 
Uh, does it move at all when we touch it? It does. It starts to move. There's a good creak to it. You know, it's like a... The hinges are clearly old and rusted. Make uh, perception rolls. A natural one. <laughs> That's two tonight. I've obviously got dust on my glasses on the uh, goggles. Yeah, you have. Yeah, still. <laughs> Ten. Ten. Okay. You hear beyond the doorway um, a scraping noise, a kind of chattering, clattering noise, almost as if bone on stone. Why do you hesitate? Because I've just seen him stop opening the door. Yeah, yeah, he's like... <laughs> it sounds like there's something scraping on the other side. That's noise I've heard before. And I just use my siphon, just push the door the rest of the way. Okay, you're just going to whack <laughs> the door. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay>. oh. <laughs> right, well, as you whack the door, you it opens into a room. And you can see now on the far side that there is uh, two doorways going off. They're in the corners of the room, but on the same wall, the far wall. And there's been some sort of barricade built. Uh, and this barricade is old and rotted. And you can see that there are bodies strewn around the room. Some of them look like um, human or elven warriors in armour. And there's a whole load of hobgoblins, dead hobgoblins, lying all over the place. This battle was fairly recent, but this tomb, as I said is old. Um, however, it seems that a couple of the forms are kind of getting up and, and f the flesh is peeling from their bodies as they do. And they seem to be getting up and moving towards or turning towards you. And you can see now that there are two skeletal creatures moving in the room, uh, 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 sort of getting up and turning. Do you think they're friendly? <laughs> Undeath is never friendly. As they get to their feet, you can see that these creatures have, and strangely, sort of in the corners of the room, you can see sort of mould and, and creeping vines. These creatures between the bones and sort of coming out of their eyes, there are these kind of rotted uh, roots and tendrils look like decaying vegetation oh. in their bodies. Um, you instantly recognise this as the the influence of Zon, Zon, who is kind of the dark side of Glowrim. So Glowrim is all natural nature, forest, jungle, but there's the rotten, corrupted side of that, and that's kind of the undead nature that mm. creeps into the world uh, from Glowrim, which the elves are often trying to stop. Mm. Uh, they they feel bad about that they unleashed this into the world and often they're trying to stop it. Yeah. And would this be <clears throat> out of place on our this plane of existence? Uh, well, rare. Mm. He's creeping down and that's why the elves are now here trying to help. So it's very rare, but this is a bad sign that the first room you walk into, there it's are two creatures that are, seem to be clearly influenced by Zon. Okay. I'm going to... Would you like to engage in combat with these creatures? Y yes. Should yes. we Should we have initiative? Yeah. 
So, Strategy we're going to engage in our first combat in, in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. So exciting. And, where are we? How do we do initiative? <laughs> well, I'm guessing we roll a d20. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a good start. Add your dex bonus. At the start of an encounter, all participants involved roll for initiative to determine the order in which they act. 468 is in bold, so let's go to 468. I have to say, I really like the index in the book. It's really helpful when I was doing the character creation and whatnot. Yeah. We were looking at spells and it was really helpful because it's just there and it just tells you what page to jump to. Step one, roll initiative. Typically, you'll roll a perception check to determine your initiative. Sometimes, though, the GM might call on you to roll something else. So, in this situation, I'm going to make you guys roll a stealth roll to see how quietly you're doing all your actions coming into the room as these creatures become aware of you <laughs> and 22 <laughs> 13 <laughs> sneaky goblin okay right you guys go before me uh identical creatures the gm rolls for one group so i've rolled once for those creatures much as we do in a most role-playing games. <clears throat> okay, so you guys go first. Who had 22? Tig. Tig. Right, a round begins when a participant with the highest initiative roll result starts their turn and ends with the one with the lowest. That'll be me. Begin the round. Uh, once everyone in the encounter has taken a turn, the round is over and the next one begins. Okay, so in your turn, you get three actions. Yes. And basic actions are... Um, here we go. You can aid someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, you can crawl. Um, you can you can actually delay, so you delay till later. You can drop prone. You can escape someone grabbing you. You can interact with something to manipulate it. You can leap. You uh, for two actions you can ready. Uh, you prepare to use an action that will occur outside your turn. So that's like overwatching. Yeah something yeah you like prepare yourself and like i'm ready to go and that way you could like strike i'm guessing you have to the tr you designate a trigger so you could say yeah i'm gonna wait here and i'm gonna throw a bomb if yeah one of them gets closer that kind of thing but it has to be quite a specific trigger uh release you release something you're holding in your hands that's just like you can just literally drop that's a free a free action mm -hmm. you can seek now seeking is like uh, searching an area, and you can or looking for clues or objects or creatures, that kind of thing in an area. Uh, sense motive, you can you can take a moment to like you run into a room, everyone's suddenly drawing swords and everything, and you can go, I just want to check if this guy wants to kill us or them, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you can stand up from prone. You can take a step, a five foot step as long as your speed is at least 10 feet yours is 25 and yours is 30 mm -hmm. you can stride move up to your speed you can strike you attack with a weapon you can take cover um and then there are some specialty basic actions if you can fly or burrow we won't worry about those no. right now or if you have a horse no uh, you can raise a shield if you're wielding a shield that's one action you po you position your shield to protect yourself when you raise your shield you gain its listed circumstance bonus to armor class your shield remains raised until the start of your turn so you don't get your armor class bonus unless you raise your shield which is an action which is cool there are you can react to things so if someone is 
runs away from you, you get an attack of opportunity, and you may have feats and abilities that are triggered by a reaction or actions. Um, but that's it. So there is a 30 feet gap between you and these creatures. There's a large kind of entrance chamber. Obviously, this is kind of an entrance corridor leading into a large chamber. You can see a couple of statues dotted around. These two creatures are pulling themselves out of a mass of dead bodies. And Tig, you're, you're kind of like, he's poked the door open with the scythe. And because he's doing that, you're like standing there like, what the fuck? You haven't seen these kind of things before. You're not really familiar with undead. You're not frightened by this or scared by this. You've seen all kinds of horrible things going on back on your home island. Yeah. But, you know, you are now in a position where you can do something. Okay. Uh, I want to move more into the room mm -hmm. so I can get in the throwing bomb range of them. <laughs> do you want to take a step of five feet into the room? Uh, yeah, if that'll get me into the room. Are they both together, these things that are raising up? Or are they on opposite sides of the room? They're sort of ten feet apart. Either side kind of thing. Yeah, sort of like... No, the room is sort of about 40 feet wide. Yeah. But they're in sort of one to one side, but 10 feet apart. Okay. Uh, yeah, I want to step... I want to step into the room so that they're within about 20 feet of me, so I can... Okay, so you'll need to make a stride action. Yep. So you can move up to your speed. So you can move 10 feet if you want, so they're 20 feet away. Yep. Okay, so you do that. Stride past, and yep. then uh, flip open my cloak... Aha! I'm going to pull out an alchemist's fire, because I'm going to assume dead bodies dry, corpse-like, yeah, this plant vine-like thing, it's probably going to burn. Yep. So I'm going to throw my alchemist fire bomb at it. Okay. So. Right. Let's do, so you're going to try and do a strike. Which one are you going to do, on the left or the right? Uh, the left one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And I'm a quick bomber, so I don't need to manipulate the throw. I can just yes, you can just... <laughs> strike so fast okay fingers. Um, you are making a ranged attack yes so that's using your dexterity yeah yep and they uh, target creatures armor class to determine the effect so their armor class is 14 cool so I get plus 5 to my uh, roll uh, 18 plus 5 23 okay so you throw the thing across the room and <laughs> it hits the skeleton Yes. Uh, and explodes in a sort of little nimbus of fire. Um, you do damage. So it's 1d8, but I've just remembered, we didn't look up in the break, because I'm burn it with my um, ancestral thing. I think I do bonus to anything oh, fire related. I think, I think you do. Let's have a little look. So, it's under so this is your ancestry. Yes. yes. This is, so if, if you go back and check out our character creation episode... These are two short episodes, but basically we're, we're just trying to explore a bit of Pathfinder. Uh, it was called Burn It, I believe. Burn It. Let me have a look. I'm just trying to find the right page. I like to burn it, burn it. We like to burn Goblin. it. Goblin, burn it. Fire fascinates you. Your spells are now chemical items that deal fire damage gain a status bonus to damage equal to half the spell's level or one quarter of the item's level. So you get plus one. Cool. Yep. You also gain a plus one bonus to any persistent fire damage you deal. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so it'll be one deal <laughs> plus one. Yep. Uh, the other one's out of splash range because it's five feet. Okay. So eight plus one. So nine. Nine damage. Nine okay. fire damage. <laughs> and it'll do two persistent fire. So <coughs> okay, right. Fire. Okay, that's cool. Okay, cool. So you throw the thing and, <laughs> and bits of bone and like 
ribs and stuff kind of explode away from it and splatter across the roof. I've got a lot this goblin is clearly <laughs> <laughs> clearly useful and mad. <laughs> I'm nodding in approval. Yeah. Because, you know, anything's dealing... That skeleton looks s- severely damaged. You know, its body is, like, cracked and and it's on fire now. Right. We're what are you doing, Zordlon? We're going to need a, p- a page 363, I think, and we're going to do some chill touch. Oh. I like the way you say chill touch like it's like... Yeah. It's chill. Like we're going to do some chill, chill like touch. Like, that's a chill-looking hat you got. It's like, that's a yeah, chill touch. No, that's... Is that the wrong one, is it? It's okay. All right, it's all alphabetical, so here we go. I have to say, very well laid out book. <laughs> Links to all the pa- all the right pages in the right places. The index is good. I like it. It's good. Here we go. Right, so it's a two action. Oh, sorry, you did two actions. Oh, I got a third one. Can yeah. I attack twice? You can, but you get a minus four to your second one. Okay. Um, I believe. Well, some of the you say I can assist in some way. Can I assist? You can aid. Oh. Let me get to oh, wrong way. There you go. Is that like that one again? <laughs> it's things like that. Yep. Here we go. So bear with us. This is our first, our first session. They, they don't seem to like damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do damage to them. It's bad. Movement, perception. Okay, basic actions. Aid. Oh, that's a, sorry. That's a reaction. Okay. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I'll just go for an attack again. Okay. That's a minus four. I believe it's a minus four. Now, bear with me one second. This is back here slightly. I saw it earlier on. Attack rolls. Here we go. Multiple attack penalty. First, none. Second, minus five. Okay. So if you'd make a, another attack, go for it. Yep. Uh, what are you doing with your second attack? I, I, the fire works really well. I'm going to go with another fireball. Okay. But I'm going to try and hit the other one. Okay, on the right. so you're going to throw the other one. Okay, so minus five to this. Uh, missed. Okay. And it... Um, ooh, what happens to it when you miss? I assume it just explodes on the far wall. I think where it fails to go off or... Well, then you might be able to salvage it. So what we'll do is we'll roll, roll a dice, and on an odd number, it explodes on the far wall, and on an even number, it fails to go off and clatters across the floor. Even. So it fails to go off and clatters across the floor. Okay. Cool. I'm sure there's probably a rule on that somewhere. Yeah, never go back to a lip <laughs> But as, <laughs> as the golden rule is, when you're making a YouTube video, <laughs> go with it, keep going, and accept the comments and learn for the next episode. <laughs> so comment below if we're doing anything wrong. I'm sure we are. Be kind. Most definitely. Um, <laughs> this is the first time we've played Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And uh, we're having a lot of fun, though, so it's it's cool. Right, so sorry to interrupt no, you. No, it's fine. No. We, Zordlon. Uh, we just had Tiggs go to finish. So, yeah. Zordlon. Okay, Zordlon, I am going to use Chill Touch, which is normally range one. Mm-hmm. It's two actions. Uh, or range touch. Yeah. Uh, sorry, range one. I'm thinking of Star Wars. There. Yep. <laughs> um, but I'm going to use my uh, my last action to reach spell, which increases the range or of my spell. You do that first. Or you do that first. Yep. So I'm increasing the range of my spell by 30 feet. Yeah. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to... Okay. And I'm going to use chill touch. <laughs> so as you reach out, a dark energy 
summons around your hand, which is uh, hard to perceive in mm. the pitch blackness of this tomb. Fire. But but for, for I think. Oh yeah, there's fire now, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. You, I think I think because I'm going to do it to the one that's Maybe on the fire. creeping shadows like yeah. gather around you yeah. and up along your arm, and then. And cast out. I think as I'm doing it towards the ones on fire, you want to see the fire, but then the fire almost part, where it almost sounds like a oh, cool. like gust comes through. Yeah, yeah. so it I spreads like this. It. It's almost like you know, Moses spreading the water. So that it spreads the fire. <laughs> yeah. it spreads the fire over side. Okay. So it's an undead creature. Yeah. So it needs to make a fortitude save. I got. I got to do it first. <laughs> no, 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 no. You've done it. Oh, I, I, okay. Touch. You cast the spell. I, I don't need to roll anything to cast it. Um, energy, saving throw, fortitude, your touch weakens the living. Reach out. Doesn't have to make like an unarmed attack. Like a... I would have thought it would have. No, it do... normally says make a range. So like, for example, the spell just below, Chilling Darkness says, mm. make a range spell attack. Okay, so you just oh, so to this, touch. Because it's a touch. touch. Oh, so normally you would... Cause you... Normally you'd make a touch attack. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Okay, we will need a roll because normally the touch thing would mean you'd need to touch them. Yeah. So we will have to have a little roll. So let's make a, a use your spell attack roll. Yeah. Which is plus plus seven. Plus seven. Uh, it's twenty-four. Okay. Uh, that's a critical. Slaps it because their arm class is four, fourteen. Say fourteen. Yeah. So ten above. So that's critical. So you're going to do. Uh, on a critical failure target, it's also fleeing for a round unless it succeeds at a will save. So what we're going to say is it automatically fails its will save. But I'll, it's, it's, its fortitude save will be one success rank lower because yep. of your crit, crit, critical success. And it failed. So it critically failed. So it's flat-footed and it's going to flee for a round Unless it makes a will save. Oh, I actually rolled a 19 there. Oh, So it makes a will save. So so it's kind of your... This dark energy reaches out and the fire parts briefly. Which one are we doing, left or right? Oh, in the left-hand left one, one. one was actually okay. on fire. Okay. So the fire, like, dulls down briefly. And you see this creature kind of, like, twist and turn. And it seems to be confused. And does it take the <coughs> 1d4 damage? Or is that just to the living that takes the 1d4? That's living. Yeah takes 1d4 damage this is it's flat-footed so now it's easier to hit effectively yeah and that's all three of my actions cool okay so those creatures are then going to try and move towards you so they're going to take a stride action one each uh, we'll deal with um tig first so the skeleton on the left which you threw the fire bomb at yep. the alchemist fire will make a stride action towards you, and then it's going to try and strike you. What's your armor class? 16. Okay. That is a hit. And you take six points of damage. My poor little goblin buddy. (laughs) Okay. It's going to attempt a second attack. Oh, goodness. No, it's minus five. It's failed. Okay. The other one is going to move across... And attack Zordlon. Uh, I'm 18. Um, I'm class 18. That's a fail. And try a second one. 
No, that's a fail. Okay, it's like they've got like swords and they're like like attacking you, but uh, they've got kind of threadbare armor, the leftover of whatever the the body that they've come from kind of had that hasn't kind of fallen apart. A little bit of helmet, a little bit of shoulder. So are the vines manipulating the bodies to move? No. Or is the body actually reanimated? It's just got a vine growing on it. It's hard to tell. The skeleton looks like it's mostly reanimated on its own. However, the roots and the vines seem to be coming up the spinal column and to the skull and through the eyes, not across the arms or legs. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. And it's now broken away from whatever, you know, creeping thing in the corner of the room was doing it. So it's kind of now separated and just kind of dangling there. Okay, right. Back round to the beginning. Back round to Tig. Okay. I assume you have some kind of hand weapon. I've got a dagger. Yeah. You've got a dagger. Yeah. So, uh, oh no, persistent <laughs> fire damage. Oh yeah. It was the end of the round, so you should have taken two fire damage. And you did how much before? Uh, nine. Nine. So it's taken 11 points of fire damage. Okay. Which point this skeleton crumbles to the ground. Uh, the fire kind of tearing apart those kind of joints and ligaments and last bits and you see a bit of the root and vine sort of entanglement burn a very foul smell you know that might be quite interesting to eat at some point Um, (laughs) but this kind of stench kind of rises in the air um, and that skeleton is dead Okay, I will move across to the other skeleton. I mean, dang, <laughs> shiv it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go for it. Sneaky guy. <laughs> right. Um, I'm class 14. What, plus 5? 20. 20! Natural 20. Oh! Okay, so you will inflict double damage. Right. So, hang on, hang on. Oh. I don't know what double damage is in. Pathfinder 2E because I said the prime modifiers persistent damage. Yep. Doubling and halving damage. Sometimes you need to halve or double. This happens. You roll the damage normally, adding all your normal modifiers, then you double. GM might allow you to roll the dice twice and double the modifiers. <coughs> so roll roll your damage as you would, add your modifiers and double. In D&D 5th edition, the rule is you double the dice and then add your modifier. Right. What I like to do in D&D is you get one full dice, like max dice, and roll one dice. So if you had a D8 damage, you'd get eight plus the D8 plus your modifier. Whereas here, we roll one dice, add your modifier, and then double the whole thing. So slightly different mechanics, but it's all cool. Just check this, because the dagger's finesse. Yes. Is it still my strength bonus for the damage, or do I add dex bonus for damage? I will. I imagine it's the same as D&D, but I can't remember what it is. I imagine it's the same, but I tell you what, let's have a quick check in the index. Uh, finesse. See, if we're on roll 20, it just all pops up when you press play. <laughs> the one yeah, advantage of being online. That's the last time I played <laughs> D&D, so... Finesse. 282. You made me find another page. Oh, look at you. Right, two eight two. Here we go. Two eight two. Two eight two. Two eight two. That's my Finesse. Yeah. You can use your dex modifier instead of your strength modifier on attack rolls using this melee weapon. You still use your strength modifier when calculating damage. Brilliant. 
Okay, so uh, rolling twice. One, two, three damage. <laughs> I don't, I've, I've yeah. strength is zero. Okay. I'm a little goblin. <laughs> I do this one day. We don't need to roll twice. You can just roll once and double it. But I'll oh, take, okay. I'll take what you take, got there. Take the one, there's two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you do three damage. Ah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so you moved. You did a step. Yes. No, no, uh, yes, you did a step. You did an attack. You've got another action. Go You're going to go again. Minus five on this one. Oh, it'll be fine. Fourteen and five minus five, so fourteen. That's a hit. Just great. Look at that. Three. So six points of damage. Well, oh, no, it's not critical. So three. So you did three and three. So yeah. you've done six points of damage. It's in one nice. knee and then the other knee. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Severing kind of tendons <laughs> and, you know, cartilage. and does undead work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you kill someone that's already dead? Now, I'm probably going to get some comments about the fact that skeletons have damage resistance to piercing and slashing. Oh, yeah. But we'll see about that. <laughs> so... Please put those comments below. I only have this book. <laughs> and it arrived in the post today. It arrived in the post today. <laughs> <laughs> Hence how we're playing this game. However, I will be getting the beastery. I like this already. This is cool. I think we'll probably have to play this on the channel properly. Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. So you've, you're, you're tapped out for this round. Right, let's go over to Zordlon. Okay. I love that name, by the way. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just in the suggestions. It's just in the suggestions. Like, it's great. Zordlon. Yeah, it's great. It's just a cool yeah. name. Get it, Zordlon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I've seen this little goblin shivering at the back of his knees, yeah. and I've gone, that's not how you kill the undead. <laughs> yeah. I bring my scythe up and slash right, and I'm going to aim for his. Okay. So, here we go. I've got plus five. Uh, so, that is 23. Oh, just one shy of a critical. Uh, uh, so, but it's D10. Yep. So, plus my strength is 10 damage. Okay. So, the goblin has already stabbed up its knees, and you swing the scythe around, and you remove the head, your blade cutting through uh, a large kind of disgusting root, rotted, web-covered, you know, crusty root. You sever that as well. Yeah, and Sordalon's like, sort of face cringes up because he knows what it is. Yeah. And the the... the, the as the head flies across the skull, flies across the room, the body kind of collapses to the floor and crumbles to dust. And there's nothing else moving no, in the room. No, nothing else moving in the room. But there are a bunch of people, bodies, uh, you know, on the floor here. And you've been sent to see if there's been any survivors. If there's anyone who needs your, your specific help <laughs> or general help. Yeah. Um, you know, moving on or coming back. Mm. Um, and... This looks like a point where they were trying to defend and okay. protect something. So I guess I, if that is <clears> our <throat> role, I would go over to the bodies and see if any of them are alive still. And I'm okay. Still. Okay. So you move across and you can see that everyone in this room is dead. Mm. You know, there are two kind of partial suits of armor and fleshy messes where through the gaps in the floor, this these vines and roots have kind of grown mm. grabbed these bodies and risen them up from the dead which mm. you know is kind of the dark side of glow room and what you need to get rid of um and you can see that there is um a, a tracery of a, a root growing through between the flagstones of the floor 
and going off through the right-hand doorway, creeping out that way. Um, and there seemed to be uh, a whole bunch of warriors with various suits of armor and gear and all around this barricade. Uh, and as you kind of appraise it, you can see that it, it seems to be built of um, turned over coffins and boxes, things that maybe dead bodies or personal effects were stored in, maybe further in the tomb and like brought out and sort of racked up to be some sort of defensive barricade. barricade. Okay, so I, um, obviously one of my jobs is to see the spirits to the other side, so I'm just going to sort of utter some prayers and tap okay. my stick on the floor, my side from the floor. Yep. You'll, you'll see like some sort of slight glows coming out from it, like there's a... Cool. So, and I'm just sending a prayer and they're going... Spirits are going to the other side now, cool. or at least that's my job. And Tim then I'm, will be uncharacteristically quiet. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And then I'm gonna like sort of kneel down to the root, and then stand up and go. We need to follow this, and I'll just start hovering, on, hovering, <laughs> floating, floating <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <laughs> Can I follow him? Okay. So you head over to the doorway on the right hand mm. side. Now that you're in inside the tomb, this doorway is actually a stone construction. And you can see now, carved on this doorway, is the um, kind of the effigy and, and the, the 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 view of some human warrior, clearly human, with a breastplate with a, a dragon's face on it, and holding some sort of sword on the chest. Um, this is carved in this doorway. A long time ago, this would have been master-crafted, amazing gilded edges and everything, and probably, you know, filigreed and all kinds of stuff put into this. But now it's an old, worn doorway, and the sharp edges are rubbed out and softened, and the features on the face are slightly worn. And it's hard to tell who it may have been, <clears throat> or, you know, when it may have been carved, because it's a long time ago. The door is slightly ajar. Okay. Um, the effigy is not of a god. No. So it's clearly of some warrior who fought well in the name of Cadrathus, okay. the the god of war. The, the door is slightly ajar. The door is slightly ajar. And the vine is going through. The, yeah, not like through the opening, but like through cracks in the... In the ground. In the ground. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to do what I did last time. Okay. If if it actually does that when I when I do that. Sure. Sure. You you push, make a strength roll. Uh, fifteen. Okay. DC fifteen, you passed. Oh. So you push and the last door was like you're kind of anticipating it to be heavy, but not this heavy. The last door was easy, you know, it's rotted wood. This one you're like and then, in front of the goblin <laughs> and you kind of give it a bit more of a shove and the door kind of <laughs> slides and you can tell now that although the entrance corridor you came in was at an angle this is now leveled out and you're kind of in an actual flat you know horizontal level and you push this door in and you can see now that beyond is a, a short corridor which has a stairwell going down and there is kind of a curved arch to the top of the corridor that you can see as it goes down. But you can't see beyond because there's a staircase. But you can see a tracery of these roots and kind of un disgusting looking rotted growth kind of 
mm. moving between the flagstones of the corridor and it's kind of separated them and pushed them aside, mm. you know, in a kind of a front to the construction of this, yeah. this and tomb. Do I know of a way to damage or destroy these things? These, the, these roots. the roots. Yeah. You know that fire is a very good way to clear these things out. Yeah. Fire is great against the undead, but also this root, this kind of the the passage of Zon, the the, the trace of him, he is particularly opposed to um, good damage and fire damage. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm not going to suggest that the <clears throat> goblin sets it on fire right now while we're standing here. Yeah. But, um, well, it's not like huge and all over the place. You know, it's not Jason the World Warriors. But it's like there's like a thin, there's like tracery mm. going between. There's no moss in here. This is a fairly well encased tomb. Mm. But there's like a wood, this weird. And it is, the source of it is coming from the room that we're just standing in. So it's come up. From... Yeah, it's come up through the ground somewhere. And it now seems to be heading down in this direction. So I'm going to turn to the goblin and say, uh, Tig, uh, could you burn these roots? At their source and point to the bit where it's coming from the oh, main back in the back room. in the room back in the room with yeah. the fight. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna go pick up my bomb that didn't explode. Okay. And I'm gonna like unscrew that one and use that to pull the chemical. We'll need a crafting roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which dice have been giving me the green ones? <laughs> yeah, don't roll that blue one. I keep rolling yeah. white. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Fourteen had eight. Two. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's that's perfectly fine. So you like completely <laughs> you eat a bit. Eat a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you and in doing this, you have to like remove a few flagstones. You kind of like trying to find like you imagine what a gardener would be doing, like trying to remove the the bulb or the root or the the. The course, so you kind of remove a few stones, lever a bit up. You've got a little crowbar, and you get a few bits out, and you pull it apart. And, and this, this thing is kind of—it really smells. You're you're interested in what it might taste oh. like um, as a goblin. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I could telling I, you to I, set it on I fire. Gonna, I was going to say, I was going to say, I can almost see that sort of inquisitive look on his face. I know a bit yeah, about goblins. He's like, <laughs> 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 I know a little bit about goblins. I just say. Don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. you, you, then, you then place your, you know, the, the gunpowder or fire or whatever is in an alchemist. Can't it's a secret. <laughs> sorry. Okay, sorry. Alchemist sorry. secret. But the stuff in the alchemist yeah. fire. He also uses you place it chicken. Yeah. <laughs> you place it in and around the root and you set it on fire. And uh, a short time later, the, the main bulb of the root is burnt and gone. So there's this kind of tracery going down, but it seems to be gone. Cool. Job done. We're going home. <laughs> no, we continue. Okay. <laughs> and then I start going down the corridor. You're going to follow? A lot of dead fellas here. Yeah. Okay. As you head down the corridor, you get to the top of the stairs. You can see on the staircase, heading down, various bodies of warriors, of different sides. You can see there are some hobgoblins who are wearing black armour with a stabbed hand symbol on their chest breastplate, which is the symbol of Maytalin. And then you can see the Cadrathus and the Keldrin um, worshippers, warriors, priests, clerics, champions, whatever they are, you're not sure. But they're there and they're mingled in with each other. There's brutal battle that's happened clearly in this corridor. And you kind of head down past these, you know, 
remains. Yeah, the whole way I'm sort of still praying and tapping sure, and there's still a glow. Sure. And as you're doing that, you know, you can feel these kind of little ripples and mm. little the little the, the blessing you're you're giving out is being welcomed mm. by someone in your in your awareness. And as you reach the bottom of this staircase, it's quite it goes down quite a bit. You get to a large chamber, and in the middle of the chamber there is a a, a kind of sarcophagus, a stone sarcophagus style um, uh, thing, and the the lid is removed. There are bodies around it, and as you enter the room, you can hear shifting noises from two sides of this open tomb. On the far side of the room, you can see there is a kind of uh, a, a hole, a tunnel, up, heading up um, from this room. Sort of, not in the ceiling, but like in the wall, and it's clearly going upwards at an angle. And <clears throat> um, the, the, the sounds either side of the room appear to be, again, skeletons rising from these bodies and the the vines and roots that have grown throughout the room seem to have although they're very thin traceries as you've entered the room they're kind of multiplied and grown and swollen into bulbous things as they encapsulate one of these bodies and these creatures that stand up have got like weird large knots of roots and moldy bits of plant hanging out of them and these skeletons kind of stand up and look across at you um we will have initiative again. You can see light, a very faint light, probably starlight, coming through the hole at the far end of the room. We should have initiative. Uh, initiative. Are we just rolling on percep uh, perception this time? Yes, it is perception this time. Okay, I rolled 17. 21. Sorry, 17. 21. 21. Right, you guys go first. So, again, Tig, funnily enough. Oh, goblin. <coughs> Dexterous goblin, I assume. You're going first. These two creatures rise up. They look slightly more robust than the last two. Um, and both of you make perception rolls, actually. DC 15. I rolled a 10. I failed. I okay. got 11. You're distracted 12. by these creatures. Yeah. What do you want to do? Okay. Uh... Sodron, probably should have mentioned it earlier. The last skeleton hit me pretty hard, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't want to make a fuss then. I didn't think we were going to see any more of these things. <laughs> Just a heads up. <laughs> okay. And now, Just in case you can, like, heal. I don't know, if you got anything on you, like a poultice. <laughs> and then I'm going to stride forward to picture Alchemist Fire at one of them. Okay, cool. Bomb fire works well against these Yeah, things. yeah. going to stick with that. Uh, yeah. I like your picture throw. Well, I'm going to move yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a cricket. Yeah. You're like a, a, a fast bowler or a, or a spin bowler. Spin bowler. Spin bowler. Okay, cool. Okay. I almost now envisage this bomb like bouncing off one bit and then going yeah, back yeah, yeah, into cool. it. Hitting yeah. the sarcophagus and... Yeah. Okay. Right. So are they both standing close to each other? Oh, you said they're... No, they're... Either end. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. for the one on the left again. Okay, cool. So that's my favourite. Okay, cool. When you're in a maze, always turn left. Turn left. Yep. Uh, 23. Oh, I don't know why maths escaped me then. One short of a critical. Oh, well. 
Okay, so you hit. Yes, so 1d8 plus 1. Mm-hmm. 7 plus 1, 8. 8 damage, okay. So again, this... And there's like a little fuse that's going... It's perfectly timed. It just... Hits this... <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, hits the skeleton and like... Flame engulfs it. And it's like... It doesn't like scream, but its body seems to like... Reflex and like the bones snap and stuff. So there's like a weird kind of popping noise as your explosion hits it and engulfs it. Um, he clearly knows what he's doing. And you're pretty pleased with yourself now because you're, you're proving yourself a very capable alchemist, you know, and, and um, fire lobber. Yeah. Got that lesson. Okay, so you moved. You threw. So that's two actions. What's your third action? I'm going to try and throw uh, the other one. Okay. The last cool. one. I'm going to try and do it behind the back. I want to try and look as cool <laughs> as possible. Okay, so minus five. Actually, minus six, because <laughs> you're doing it around your back. Just for the hell of it. Oh. Uh, 13 plus five, 18 minus six is 12. So okay. enough. Okay. So you missed. Yes. But you, like, throw it around. Let's have a roll. Odds... It explodes somewhere else, evens it doesn't. Odds, it explodes okay. somewhere else. So it flies against the far wall and <laughs> explodes, killing Dan's character. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> killing Zilblad. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the random fire laugh. <laughs> fire. Okay, so, that's exactly what I meant. So the first doing. one is like perfectly pitched, like <laughs> explosion, and then he's like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes, Sword long goes from. Not in approval to. Yes. Oh no, no. <laughs> okay, so the, okay. the one on the left has been struck, uh, the one on the right is fresh. Okay. I'm going to use all three actions, bang my stick on the ground, and do a bubble of heal. Oh! <laughs> so I'm going to do a spell. Oh, okay, and it does 30 foot. Yeah, and it does. So it'll hit everyone. Everybody. So it heal so, him and damage the undead. Oh, I like it. I like <laughs> I it. I need to remember what it does. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, Have you got the page three four three? Apparently. Three but four. I, apparently, three. my my other page number only wasn't quite right. So no, my this looks like it might be. This looks like oh. On the money. Heal. Here we go. So. If target and dead, you deal the amount of positive damage to it, and it gets a basic fortitude save. Did you have a healing thing where your heal does d tens instead of d eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You took that one. Yeah, that's so. Okay, so you do you do t d ten damage? Mm. Okay, so you heal him. So we're going to roll a d ten. This is what you will damage or heal anyone. Okay. So nine. Nine. Whoa. Nine. That's healthy. Okay, so <gasps> you get nine hit points back, and you feel suffused with this kind of strange it's not it's not necessarily like overly jubilant or joyous feeling but it's like a a calm reinvigoration yeah. where you're kind of like i feel like i'm taking a walk on a cold brisk morning i'm alive that kind of feeling yeah however let's see if they make a fortitude save <laughs> six no and eight no your, your save is 17, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so they definitely didn't pass. Okay, so they both take nine points of damage. So the one you threw the bomb at, like, explodes <laughs> in, like, a holy retribution kind of way. You know, little silvery gilded edges around every fracture of bone. The other one kind of, like, <laughs> its body kind of rides. It's all the bones kind of scraping against each other, and you can see it. 
emblazoned with this kind of silvery glow as your magic kind of whoom, sweeps out past it. <clears throat> well done. That's so cool. <laughs> okay, so it's that creature's go, and it is going to move towards you and try and attack you, uh, Zordon. <clears throat> so first attack. Okay, so that is a 17. I'm 18 on my class. Okay. And the second attack is at minus five, so I've got to roll really well. 20! <laughs> and and just so you can see, <laughs> yeah, I that's year 20. That's year 20. That's a critical hit. That means I get to double my damage roll. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a four, so eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. Oh, yes. wow. Huh. Sorry, I got very excited about that 20 there. Sorry. Not that I'm very excited about murdering <laughs> player characters. <laughs> like it's a one shot, I can kill them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have nothing to live for. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> six, six points left. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's the. Oh no! Oh, that was the second attack, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. It's yeah. three actions done. <laughs> So we're back round to Tig. Shivin' time! <laughs> <laughs> Again, I actually imagine him doing that. Yeah. Shivin' time! Yeah. Run across. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, you run across and start stabbing. Go for it. You got carried away. I, <laughs> like, I was stabbed oh, before okay, I was okay. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still yeah, about five foot short. Stabbing on the way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now you've got Second that. Second attack, I'm there now. Okay, go for it. Minus five. Uh, 16 minus 5 plus 5 uh, 16 okay so 16 yes so you hit yeah <laughs> well damage 4 nice okay right so you run across the room and you're like and you like stab it stabby stabby you stab through its spinal column and the top half of the body falls off <laughs> and the legs spasm briefly and then collapse to the floor and the skeleton and the the, the roots even kind of retract slightly away from it away from the bone of the skeleton and it's it's destroyed <clears throat> so the two of you are now in this chamber where there's clearly this tomb that these people were trying to defend and you can see now that the the, the roots in the room trace up and into the 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 well the sarcophagus with this the lid off in front of you and you're kind of in this room and are there still the two bulb things still on the floor as well? Uh, or, what, or were they part of the... Yeah, they were just part of the trace that was coming down. So the the, the real root of it you've destroyed in yeah. here, but it had kind of concentrated into those creatures. Okay. Can we burn these ones too, boss? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll let you burn... We'll let you burn those <laughs> things. Uh, can I potentially heal myself while I'm standing here? <laughs> Go for it. You just have to touch yourself. Yeah. That? Just, uh, <laughs> you want to do a heal? Yeah. Uh, can, I, can we heal our sequence? Can we heal out? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's just a range of touch, so you just heal yeah. yourself a d10 plus damage. I heal eight points. Okay. There you go. Cool. Because I was quite badly hurt, and uh, he, he looked like he was going to cry a little bit. <laughs> Can't, don't calm down. No <laughs> okay. So the 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 roots and stuff seems to be growing past the dead bodies to the to the sarcophagus and into it. Okay. Yeah. What's in the sarcophagus? Uh, I start moving over to the sarcophagus okay. and I, I look inside. As you approach, you can see that the sarcophagus has um, the heraldic symbol of 
the household of Valdofen from Adolbin, which is a human, a mainly human city far to the south. And it seems to be some knight of old of this family uh, that has been let, interred here. Uh, you don't know why. Maybe some ancient battle site, some great uh, deed done in the name of the elven people. You're not sure. But for whatever reason, this human has been interred here. Is there any writings or anything inscribed on there? It's very old and very worn. So make a make a perception roll. However, you notice that the body is gone. Uh, I rolled a twenty-six on the okay. perception. Okay, you you find a small inscription, and there's dust and dirt and um, other other sort of crap and you know like roots and stuff mm. growing over it. And you kind of pull it away. And you can see this inscription on the end, the other end of the sarcophagus. And it says, Here lies Ulrich Valdofen, protector of Nolos and Lairdryer, honoured friend of the elven people and those of Glowrim above. Ah, so he's very important. Well, he was. Well, he was when he was yeah. alive. Right. His body's not there. His body's not there. And are the roots... Have they gone in and then continued off somewhere else? They've gone in, and then it seems to stop there. Okay. But as you look around the room, you can see that there are kind of old, ruined, rusty pieces of armour between the sarcophagus and the hole on the far wall. So I theorise that they've moved the body... Ah. And it was an important body. It was Ulrich Valdorf, protector of the realms and friends of the elves. So we, we need we need to find this. this. I think this is why we're here. Sounds like it was important. You think someone stole the body? I think the defenders have moved the body. At least that's my hope. Make a, a cult. Well. Natural, natural 20. From what you can tell... And from what you've seen so far, <clears throat> at first you think maybe someone's rescued this body. But as you check the hole and you see the, the, the debris between the sarcophagus and the hole, what's going on in the sarcophagus, you believe that maybe Zon has possessed the body of this ancient hero and it has escaped the tomb. <sighs> and you know that uh, you know, an undead creature is only as powerful as the creature that was laid down beforehand. So this powerful knight, whoever it may be, may now be heading out into a world that he doesn't understand and a world that he was part of before in the south. And who knows what he may be heading off to do. So again, I'm going to relay right back to Tig. Uh, it, it, oh. it looks to me that the body that was in here has been possessed. The Ulrich guy. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he's escaped the tomb. He escaped. That's usually what they say when it's, like, dangerous. It uh, could be dangerous. As opposed to, like, he's gone for a wander. He's escaped. <laughs> well, he was once a great man, but I fear that he will be entering a world... Um, that is beyond him now, and it may not even be him. 
we must pursue. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's still in part of the job description was to get what was in... Yeah, okay, that's covered. Yeah, we're still good. As you look around, Tig, you see that the bodies strewn around here have armour, gear, weapons, stuff. Some of them have, you know, tools and gear that you may be able to salvage and use to make various other things, you know, as a crafting kind of junk tinkerer type person. Aspiring junk tinkerer. Two seconds. <clears throat> if someone dies in a grave, but it's not their grave, and you take something off them, is that grave robbery? If you have to ask the question, the moral answer is probably no. Okay. <laughs> Let's go get Ulrich. <laughs> and I tap my stick and say my prayers again. Okay. Just send the... There are a lot of dead bodies lying around. You could pick, try and do something stealthily without... No, the and as realize. and as I started to go towards the door, I was like, "You can take one thing." <laughs> oh, okay, this is going to be something small. I can grab. Oh, what's useful? Anything contained like old gemstoneish? Yes, I want to look. Okay, so perception. Yes. <laughs> God, I'm so good at this. Let's go for the blue dice. Redeeming blue dice. Oh, it's cocked, but twelve uh, plus three, fifteen. Okay, so you spot. Three interesting things. There's a very finely crafted dagger. Mm-hmm. There is uh, a, an old weathered pouch that's rotted and fallen open, and a gemstone, a green gemstone, has f- like lain out onto the floor. It was covered in dust before, but as you're moving around and you move the body, you kind of see this. It's kind of fallen apart. Um, and then you also see that um, one of the one of the knights or warriors, whoever it was, clearly harvested or gathered some of the root of Zon and captured that and kept it inside like some kind of pewter thing with a lid, you know, to like examine it later. You're not sure why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, there's those three things. I mean, he said take one thing, but if you want to make a stealth roll or a thievery roll... And he make a perception roll. We could do an opposed roll to see if he notices you taking all three things. Oh. Uh, I want to, just because I want to roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to try and be sneaky. Okay. I take all three things. Remember, you've both got hero point, so you could re-roll. <laughs> uh, 16. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's an elf! What did I think about his perception? yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you go to start, you're like, oh, you see him taking more than one thing. I said one thing. I was just looking at them all so I could decide (laughs) which one I wanted. And now I've, like, turned around, I'm actually watching you now. Before, it was, like, kind of eyes in the back of the head. I said one thing. I'm going to put the dagger down and then look between the root and the gem. And I'm going to look at the elf and I'm going to put the root down. (laughs) You take the gem. Okay, cool. So it's a a fairly nice gem yeah pretty it looks like an emerald you don't think it's an emerald it might it doesn't taste like an emerald uh, but it might be a fairly nice gem that could get you you know 50 gold pieces or something like that so you head over to the the hole it's not a door this is like someone has pulled bricks out of the wall and has literally (laughs) physically torn their way out of the mountainside I think you went this way Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys cluster around this kind of entrance, and you can see now up 
and just up there you can see a few stars dotted from out beyond the mountainside. How big a head start do you think he's got? You can make a survival roll to see if you can kind of figure that out. Or nature, up to you. I'm I mean, just going to believe in whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I rolled, despite rolling a two, I still got a nine. You're not sure. It could be, you know, <clears throat> you've been asked to do this fairly quickly, so it may be like days to a couple of weeks mm. that they're, you know, this has all happened, but you don't know when he's got up and when mm. he's done. He's got up since the battle happened. The battle maybe was done as a distraction for Zon to come in and infiltrate the area. You don't know. So it may be a few days. It might be a week. It's On hard. foot, that's still, uh, it's still a long way to go. Mm. It, it's hard to tell. We might have a clearer view of it when we get out, out back outside. Okay. Okay. So, the two of you, you're going to go back out the way you came in, or you're going to climb up through the hole? Climb up through the hole. Climb up through the hole. Okay, so the two of you climb up through the hole and you emerge on the side of the mountain, <clears throat> the foothills of Ledria, the elven um, domain, and you look out across the ground and you can see now here it's there is slightly snow covered. And very faintly, there's been fresh snowfall since, but you can see the sense of a track heading south. And you look out across the land and you can see now the land's becoming ever more human to the south. The orcs and the goblins are off to the east, but down to the south, there's more of the human nations and the warring nations and these squabbling people that the elves are often tired of. <clears throat> and you think to yourself, I have to go that way. Yeah. I have to go and... Yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he was the human guy, and if there's anything left of him, that's probably the direction he's headed. Yes. And I think we will end our adventure there. Ooh, a little, little exploration of a tomb with a bit of a combat and a few skills and a few tests. Um, hopefully, that was enough of a taste of Pathfinder 2E. As, this, as we said, it's a bit of an impromptu session because our Warhammer game couldn't run tonight. So we've pulled something together. This has arrived today. This is a <laughs> cracking book. It I is really great. like it already. Um, I think once you get into it, you could make some really cool, detailed, interesting characters. You really could. What are you saying about our characters? <laughs> <laughs> that they could. Become, well, I didn't take it as that, but now you said yeah. <laughs> they could become even cooler. <laughs> there we go. I really like your characters. Just from what we had there, you came up with some really interesting characters yeah. with some interesting stuff going on. So I'd, that was cool. I'd be a goblin again if you did a campaign, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes. Tell us all the things we did wrong in the comments below. It's going to be a long Please thing. be nice. Uh, if you want us to do a Pathfinder campaign on the channel, which we're all up for, um, then, really then give us a shout. Put comments below. That was a lot of fun. If you want us to use the Pathfinder setting, let me know. If you want me to explore the World Mountain uh, setting, then we are happy to do that as well. Um, there's more on that, um, you know that you can see on the Patreon. Uh, check out all our links below, and thanks very much for joining us, and we will see you next time on Garblad Games. Bye! Bye-bye!